372 pages we'll never get back. I am Connor Lestoka. I am joined by Mike Nelson to read yet another bad book in this bad book podcast. Mike, how's it going? It is uh, going very well. I'm smizing right now. I uh, I, I, I purposely st- struck a different tone on that intro. I realized that my, my go-to when we're doing these is to act like like people have been saying funny stuff off the off mic, and then we're coming in. I'm sort of doing like a "Hey everybody, how's it going?" Um, right type of thing, uh, which is obviously uh, affected. But I think last time we recorded with Bob, I realized that happened. And when you when you watch yourself and and listen to yourself talk, you notice those type of things. Oh, I never watch or listen to myself talk. Horrible experience. Yes, I mean if there are mirrors around, I I, I do my best to avoid those as well. Um, yeah, but yeah. I have, a, I have a route through my house where I can avoid any mirror. I, I am truly like a vampire. You've taken Prince's thing of nobody can look you in the eye to the next to the next level. Right. Even my, my beloved wife calls. She doesn't look me in the eyes and she goes, hey, man, she, she doesn't call me by my name because otherwise I'd have her fired. Deeply weird. Yeah, I am a weird man. Well, yeah, we're growing to read Model Land by Tyra Banks uh, for this, I believe, 17th book and next 100 episodes of the podcast. And we read the first six chapters of it starting today. And there's a there's a lot to cover in this deeply. I mean, your 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 home life, your 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 marriage is deeply weird, as we just acknowledge. Book is even weirder. Yes. My, my home life is so weird that someone had to tell me this book was weird because I'm so weird that it just seemed normal <laughs> there to me. We go. That's how weird this book is. <laughs> you level things no, out to is, a baseline on this. Yeah, this is a uh, this is uh, from every comment from everyone that I um, I tell that we're doing this. Just uh, I've had friends come over and they see the book is large wow. and imposing. Uh-huh. And it has those, you know, the eyes. It has, uh, what's the doctor from... Uh, T.J. Eckelberg. Yes. It has the Eckelberg eyes. And so people pick it up. They're going, what in the world is this? And then they'll peruse it for a second. And they'll go, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. I'm like, yeah, just read. Just pick a part anywhere in there and just read a paragraph. And they'll go, ugh. <laughs> it, is a, so, yeah. it is an eye-catching book, though. My, my two-and-a-half-year-old niece picked it up while we were down in... Uh, in North Carolina over the long weekend and was sort of like intrigued by it and flipped it open to that uh, opening uh, full page uh, spread on the inside the cover and was sort of like, what's this? And it was like, uh, it's like, it's like when, if your your kid finds a gun or something, it's like, don't touch that. It's like, uh, no, that, why, who left this out where they could find it type of thing? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit shameful. Yes. But, um, but why don't we, uh, to, to introduce it, we've done this before. This is kind of a feature where, we try to figure out the people who like this book because mm-hmm. we, you know, we've read. We'll tell you our opinion uh, once you know we get into it. But sure. before that, let's just find out what other people think of it by going to Amazon, finding a five star review, and then seeing what else does this person like and or dislike, yes. and that'll help us to know what kinds of things the people who read this book enjoy. Exactly. Or at least one. The sample size is very, very small. <laughs> it is one. And, and yeah, so. and, on, and on Amazon, that was where I, we noted last time that it got the more positive reviews. So this, yeah. is, a, yes. this, is, this is where the guys went to, to write. The good ones and Goodreads was the sort of over-the-top comedic ones. Yeah. So this is a, uh, we've put it in the form of a quiz. We, we like to do quizzes here. Uh, so this is a quiz for Connor. He has to guess how many stars the uh, the reviewer of this uh, likes on other items, okay. if that makes sense. So here we go. The reviewer is Monica Litmajor. <laughs> oh. uh, that's all one word, so yeah. she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> uh, it's five stars. 
the headline is, uh, the log line is, Model Land is More Than Meets the Smize. Wow, very nice. Well, you could, that so lit major is, is, is paying exactly. dividends already. Uh, the review is long, and I won't, there's nothing, it's, you know, she's a lit major. There's nothing egregious about it, nothing to make fun of there, but I'll just give you the sort of summary sentence. Mm-hmm. Model Land is an immersive fantasy that also reads as a parody of the demands, expectations, and flurry of the fashion and modeling industry. Okay, you, you didn't need to put Lit Major in the title if you were writing garbage <laughs> like that, Monica. <laughs> All right, now here are the items. And I'll just tell you as a, uh, a prologue that everyone is seems to be one of those weirdly named, like they come from some Chinese seller or something. Oh, uh, you mean the, the brand, the quote unquote brand name is a, is the, a word that yeah. does not exist. Yeah, the brand name doesn't exist. And then the description is like overly long and very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> she tends to like these products, but you'll you'll make sense of it. But I'm just warning you up front, I'm not making up these words. Okay. Uh, so these are the items. The first one is a little bit long. I'm going to take a deep breath. The first item she rates is Yarlung 2-inch mixed beach seashells with plastic box. Colorful natural seashells, supplies for fish tank, home <laughs> decorations, beach theme party, candle making, wedding decor, DIY crafts. Wow. <laughs> Yarlung? Yarlung, not capitalized. And then all the SEO stuff is just right there in the product name. Yes. What hath we wrought? Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to guess that she, she was pleased with those. Five stars. Five stars. Okay. Thumbs up. Well, it's Yarlung. It, it's right there. A quality yeah, That's a good title. quality yeah. name. Uh, nicely packaged and good value. She also <laughs> adds. Uh, this this next one is bananas when they make they make up this name. This is this is just hash of letters. Uquacol. Good. Y o q u c o l. That's like the third most poisonous animal in Australia. Uquacol, yokusol, yokukol. I don't know. It's, and it's what? Like and so so what might this product be? Well, if it what's well, their most famous product? I'm sorry if I have to say it. I will. Halloween spider shape brooch pins, rhinestone zirconia crystal. God, you're right. That was like that was like asking what the uh, M M&M and M Mars candy uh, most product right. famous is. It's right there in the name. Uh, I'm going to guess that these were cheap and tacky. Two stars. Oh, five stars. Ah, good product. Sparkled nice. Okay, so so, nice. so the so the literary uh, major is not really yep, uh, the lit major coming out in in all the reviews. All right, I may have lied when I said that the last name that they made up was the weirdest, <laughs> because this one is. And I'll try to pronounce it and then spell it. Nadubi, N D O O B I Y. Wow. Nadu- <laughs> wow. So your guess is as good as mine. But it is their famous product. Like if I said, you know, sun made, you would probably guess raisins. raisins. Sure. This is women's printed leggings, full length, regular size workout legging pants, soft capri. Does it say Nadubii across the butt on them? <laughs> I didn't. I don't have a photo next to me. <laughs> Darn. Um, well, I just cannot imagine that this is a quality product. I'm going to say one star. Five star. God. And her summation, mermazing. Super comfortable for mermaid leggings. <laughs> uh, so these are these are mermaid leggings. Uh, okay, I mean, is that a is that a, a a thing or is that for a costume? 
uh, they appeared to be leggings that just had scales, a, a scale print on. Them. Okay, all right. But so this implies that she's got multiple mermaid leggings, yes. is, and these are the most comfortable <laughs> of the many mermaid leggings. Well, Man. anyway, Nadubi five stars. Sure. And I may have lied when Nadubi was the weirdest, <laughs> because this next one, and, and there's only two more. This is the Hiccupop, I think, H I lowercase H-I-C-C-A-P-O-P. Hiccupop. Oh, man. It, it, okay. It, it is honestly like you're just pulling Scrabble tiles out of the bag. Yeah. Uh, air pump for inflatables, portable inflator pump for blow-up pool toys, air mattress, rafts, beach balls. That's what they, that's what they want you to pretend you're using it for. <laughs> Listeners of this we, podcast, we know might, this, uh, this podcast. We might have an email about that coming up. Actually, oh dear! Uh, how could that product not do what it claims to do? Uh, five stars. Correct, five stars. Okay. Works well. Very nice and small. God, uh, I just like what. If you need one of those, how how can you just not get one? Why is that not something that like a uh, sporting equipment makes? Why does it not come with your pool? Why do you need to get something that just drop shipped and rebranded? It's just it's so frustrating that you well, couldn't, you couldn't turn to a company you, who actually makes that. Well, when you you type it in for reviews and you get one of those, and the first like four hundred returns are those fake, uh, you know, seeded bot review pages uh-huh. like <laughs> Review World, right? Uh, <laughs> pump inflatable pumps, and the Hiccupop was right at number one. So it's just like, well, it was it's highly rated, right? So. Yes, and like you know, the, my my grandfather when he was he was inflating a, a pool in Florida, um, he did not have to go look at reviews. You know, he would buy a pump and be like, why would I honestly, like, waste my time on earth looking at reviews of a pool inflator pump? This is insanity. <laughs> oh, this is what we've come to. All right, this is the last one, and this is, uh, and I put them in the order that they were in, so I didn't stack the deck here. Okay. Fun World Women's Angelic Wings Costume Accessory. Okay, so, so maybe a, a mermaid angel is the is the look she's going for. There's something, yeah, I don't know whether they go together. It's just, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, you know, Wednesday, you know, kind of a deal. I'm going to say five stars based on her history. One star. What? Not at all what it looks like oh on here. God. Should have read the other reviews. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, so there you go. I hope that paints a picture of a five-star reviewer of Model Land. It it really does. You're you're buying a bunch of weird sort of crafting and costume stuff, as well as some potential uh, lunaring. Yes, <laughs> I love that. There's no other possibility for that. <laughs> it's, Couldn't yeah. be blowing up her niece's water wing or something. <laughs> Brain has been poisoned. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, even a simple like blow pop would be a uh, impossible to look at these days without inserting <laughs> oh, two in the middle of. Um, Oh, so, I, but 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 you know, as I alluded to, it, it, it's not just me. Our, our our dear innocent listeners have been have been brainwormed as well by this. We'll get to that. Look, what, you, look we, what you've done. We've got How a lot proud. of book to cover. <laughs> Do you tell your parents this? I mean, come on. My mom is, as she said, this might be the first one she reads along with. So, oh, okay. she was very oh, intrigued okay. by the cozy verse. I think we've both got <laughs> we've both got you know immediate family members now who are who are tuning yep. into this nonsense. Yep. All right. So, oh, let's dive in. Sure, sure. I don't think we're going to find a lot of people who uh, agree with with Monica on this, uh, because to me, this is uh, my my main note was just that it's it's amazing that a book could be so shamelessly derivative. 
but yet so at the same time insanely and like detrimentally unique because it rips yeah. off many of you know the most beloved books in in children's literature uh Willy Wonka Harry Potter uh, and the Hunger Games but yet it's just it 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 takes them all and just you know refracts them through this prism of insanity uh and and sort of grossness that's just it doesn't get anything right about those books other than the things that it so obviously steals yeah i, I was amazed by that that it's you know obviously just young adult tropes uh, but as you say there's then these weird parts of guys shouting out insane things and we'll get to that i don't want to spoil it right um and uh, uh and yeah and it just why is it so hard to read right <laughs> yeah uh, it got it has uh, the the stylistic flourishes that include like misspelled words insane alliteration um and just sort of a, yeah a general pervasive fog of disgustingness that that makes it yeah just sort of a weird read and and it actually took me a while. Well, why don't we get into it? Sure. Because it, it's it's part of it. So there's a, I will tell you, uh, funnily enough, I did not read the prologue when we went through because I'm reading it on the ebook. Okay. And I just clicked on chapter one. Okay. Oh, got it. Only, yep, yep. And so I went down and I just started reading. I'm like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> and it's only today that I went to, you know, go back over the reading. I'm like, oh, there's a whole preamble yes, yes. by this, uh, is this Belladonna we turn out, turns out to be Belladonna or whatever. Yeah, I th- probably. There's a, there's sort of an omnipresent narrator that starts uh, every chapter so far, it seems like, that sort of casts, gives you a bit of uh, feedback and is sort of a all-seeing omniscient presence. And this is... I came to learn this is the voice of uh, our writer, Tyra Banks, Mm -hmm. because there's a, we were just clicking around on videos to try to find out this whole smize thing. Okay. And there's one of her, and it's a longer one, and she does this kind of insane, like puts on a character, but she's, but someone told me, no, this is the voice that she kind of does where she does a mid-Atlantic accent, darling. Oh, Okay. And she says stuff like that, and and then she slips in and out of it. It's very stupidly and clumsily done, but apparently that's her shtick. Okay. So this is, I think, this is just supposed to be her. So I, yeah, I, I wasn't sure what to make of the, you know, darling voice. I thought, I thought, of, so you're saying it's more of like a Catherine Hepburny kind of thing. I assumed it was sort of a a RuPaul drag queen type of um, deal. Well, I. It's hard to say. We, okay. we can uh, we can pull up a clip of her talking like that and let the let the listener decide. Sounds good. Um, in a in an upcoming episode, but yeah, it sort of goes in like you know that when Madonna moved to uh, to London or mm-hmm. and Mary then she started Guy fake Ritchie. talking like British. Yes, um, it's <laughs> like kind of like that a semester abroad. Yes. <laughs> okay. All it's right. It's kind of like that. All yeah. right. Interesting. Uh, well, it's it, it, the intro. I mean, if you just read it, it essentially lays out what the plot is going to be, and we might as well just do a quick recap. It's yeah. you're, you're going to want to become. Uh, it says the only famous people in the world are these Intoxabellas. They pick seven of them every year, and the most famous of them are called a seven-seven, which is sort of written like Artemis with a three. It was in Ready Player One. It's very princey. Yes, yes. and uh, in order to do that, you have to find a smize. And this is the first thing that, that struck me as just, I wasn't sure what to make of it. And the book seems unclear about this, too. It says, these smizes which boost your odds of being chosen by 91% are propelled through the world's waterways. Naturally, the week before the day of discovery, bathing, shower use, pool use, even sewer diving increase, threatening a doubt. 
And so <laughs> I was confused because it says it boosts it, your odds of being chosen by 91%. So let's mm-hmm. let's say you know you, you, your your odds of winning the Powerball are are what one in thirty million, probably less than that. But right, if you boost that by a hundred percent, your odds are then and are then one in fifteen million. Mm-hmm. So that's not that's not good. No. Uh, so I mean it's 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 a very it's a you know uh, uh, it's better to have it, but it's not the all all powerful power up it seems to be. But later it just says when when she does find it, spoiler. It says it. the wearer of the spies has a 91% chance of being discovered on the day of discovery. So that's much better. And that seems oh, to be, wow, that seems to be yeah. what they roll with through the rest of the book. But it, the, you know, on, the, on page one, it sets up a very, <laughs> a very inaccurate uh, description of its own world. Oh, it says it very clearly. I'm looking at it right now. Boost your odds of being chosen by 91%. Yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, the thing that stuck out to me on that uh, sentence you read... That naturally, the week before, bathing, showering, pool use, and even sewer diving increase. Okay. So sewer diving is going on. Going on, right? Yeah. Clear about that. Yes. <laughs> There's hobbyists out there. Yes. That's it's. We were talking before about your irritation with the bike paths being clogged by by non bikers. So there's there's regular sewer drivers down there who are then all of a sudden you know pissed off when when these uh these these smize hunters start start invading their hobby. Yeah, it's like uh, you know Easter and and Christmas church attenders. You just you turn up your nose at them like you're sitting in my spot. You yes, know? right. Yeah, yeah. Hands off that that clumped uh, fat berg is mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the smize, which later is described, and and I still have a very very bad understanding of what exactly the smize is. Yes, but we'll get to that. We will get to that. Um. And so th- then these like these beings, because I'm not sure that they're human yet, and we can get into that in okay. the first chapter. <laughs> oh boy! Well, well let me. Uh, can I read the description of her in the first chapter? Because the 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 prelude just kind of covers the um, yeah yeah you know the the, vic- the plot sort of. There's some yeah. The, the only other thing I had was that there's there's weird like sort of like QAnon-y rumors about uh, human sacrifices and blood drinking and bathing in in blood uh, going on on this mountain. So that's that's you know the, the fun little young adult book has that going on in the background. Uh, but the end of it introduces, of course, our hero, Tookie de la Creme. Yes. Boy, that's that's going to be hard to keep repeating over and over again, isn't it? Yes, very much so. The, so anyway, this is where just to uh, to give you the picture, this is where I started reading. Okay. Uh, the girl whose eyes are three centimeters three centimeters too far apart and whose mouth is four centimeters too wide. The girl whose body is a contradiction of itself, slightly hunched back from years of poor posture, one must presume. Feet the size of snowshoes and stick figure arms and legs so fragile you think you hear them screaming, feed me an entire grilled cow now. The girl with a humongous punch bowl sized head with a forehead that goes on and on and on, making her look like the weight of her cranium <laughs> will topple over and break her into a thousand pieces. <laughs> uh, it, is she human? That's a, that's a very <laughs> good question. Didn't occur to me at this point in time, but that's, uh, you know... You, there's there's a chance that she might not be or might not resemble you know earth humans yeah i was like is this an arthur c clark book and we're just on a different planet and right. he's now going to describe each kind of being she's one of the paulines that visited uh, dale m courtney and moon people and, and, <laughs> yes. and ate mashed potatoes with them 
Yeah, but it's so, also so bizarre that I wondered whether each one was describing the same girl. <laughs> like, have you ever seen this girl? And mm-hmm. then she lists all these ap- attributes. I'm like, I've never seen a girl with a humongous punch bowl sized <laughs> head. No. <laughs> but before this, like right, the page before says, have you ever seen her? The girl whose face not even the meanest person, you know, would describe as yuck. And then it goes on to describe this uh, this you know revolting you know circus freak like Mad Folden kind of uh, punch bowl sized head uh, stick figure arms. It looks like one of your drawings of people essentially. <laughs> yes, it's. Uh, I mean, again, we got to get uh, Bob Fingerman on yeah, this. Exactly. It does. It seems like his uh, his aesthetic might work well for just these drawings of Tookie. Or, uh, you know, Don Adams, you know, the feet folded up in the middle and the big <laughs> clown noses and the hair yeah. coming out. Right. Yeah. If it was if it was presented as this cartoon world, uh, it might be OK. But I think it is uh, a world where there are people who are beautiful and where a lot of other people like the, the guy she encounters in this chapter, for example. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of her. Uh, but then later, she I'm just going to go with the physical things. She's laying on the ground, uh, squirting whipped cream into her mouth when we meet her. Mm-hmm. Yep. This Tookie de la Creme. Yep. Get it? Uh, <laughs> then she licked her tiny baby fingers from thumb thumb to pinky and prepared for the next squirt. So she also snowshoe-sized feet, punchbowl-sized head, tiny baby fingers. Yeah. So finger this size. Is a freak. <laughs> it goes against every book we've ever read in terms of people with 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 long fingers. Yes, it's a it's a three seventy two staple that that characters have long fingers, and it, it flies in the face of this. I'm not sure what to make of it. I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and I liked that. It says it it says how was Tookie able to lie in the middle of her school's hallway during class time, enjoying whipped cream from the can, and not get herself into any trouble. It's just one of the great questions of literature posed there, I think. <laughs> and it sort of it, it builds on it saying that she's a forget a girl and just that, that no one uh, she's like the the guy from Harlem that nobody ever sees her. <laughs> uh, as described by by Harry DeBald. Um, but it, it, it is the school that she's that she's taking place in is is a little bit of world building we get. It's the the B three uh, uh, baubles, beads, and something. I think, mm-hmm. and but but it's been it was a factory that made sort of fashion accessories. It's since been converted into their school, and we get these <laughs> delightful details. An oily belch followed, sending a thick cloud of greenish smoke through the vents. A stench filled the air. It smelled like a mix of gasoline, mold, melted plastic, and methane gas emanating from the bowels of the building. The school let out belches and eruptions all day and leaked fumes from every crevice. Everyone called the school B4 for bile, barf, belches, and butt bombs. <laughs> so first of all, that's B5 right there. But it is just great when a book, you know, just puts you into a world of just absolute, you know, filth and shit. You know, it's like, ugh. Like, <laughs> make that movie. <laughs> Filch from Harry Potter is going, oh, gross. Yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't board my dog there. Right. Yeah. You've got to have some some sparkly stuff that, you know, characters can at least aspire to. And by the way, the alliteration there, mm-hmm. uh, there was an earlier mention of alliteration. I'll just uh, let me see. I've got it right here. Uh, and the trek through the dangerous diabolical divide always ends in dismembering death. Oh, boy. A little yeah. bit of Pappy going on. It is. Pappy's presence is strong He's in this back. one. He's back. He's <laughs> back. I'm not sure why that's sort of a go-to for, for authors who think that they're trying to distinguish themselves, but maybe Monica Litmajor could help us weigh in on that. 
Oh, yeah. And why, why doesn't Tookie have uh, lipstick smeared on her greasy lips? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, but she is, you know, this is this sort of uh, revolting descriptions of people as a, yeah. a staple wow. of these celebrity authors. Dang. Well, we also, so we quickly meet uh, Tookie's sister, Miracle, which is spelled with a Y and two R's. Um, and she shows up and we get introduced to some of the, another another staple here is these weirdly, oddly folksy similes that are in, in the model verse. A miracle yeah. is described as being dumb as a lobotomized turkey. She's she wasn't the brightest tube of lipstick in the makeup caddy, and it's sort of introduced by her her, her mispronouncing DNA as DNA nay. Um, that is a, a thing that will be repeating often, where someone will say something utterly incomprehensible <laughs> that leaves you scratching your head, and then two paragraphs later she'll go. What she mispronounced DNA when she was singing, this is what it is exactly, and this irritated me. So she began to sing. So she's lying on the floor, squirting whipped cream into her mouth and licking tiny baby fingers. Her snowshoe-sized feet are sticking up in the air, and kids are walking all around her. And her sister runs up and says, and there's a period after each word, sings, You are not my DNA. D nay nay, <laughs> and you're just supposed to go okay, all right. Sure, that's L- lit major Monica. You, you liking that? <laughs> she adds another star to her rating, <laughs> and then explains it a, a paragraph later. Yeah, well, irritating. I think we're going to get a lot of that. I, a listener uh, commented on Twitter that they're trying to listen to the audio book of this, and it's nearly impossible because there's just so many weirdly mispronounced stuff that and and misspelled stuff that they're not really sure what they're supposed to do. Maybe they're listening mm-hmm. to like the text to speech version or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but I think Miracle was doing the Shivera shuffle. Is that Anything? what is that what it says? Yeah. Oh, I I I, I, I missed the explanation for that. There's nothing. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but it's I, th- I found it sort of like, and it comes up a lot, is that there's a lot of this book that you could sort of imagine in like with a, a creaky calliope and Tom Waits reciting it. Oh, I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah, she, 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 was, she was dumb as a lobotomized turkey where if she looked up at the sky or with her mouth open, she might drown. Uh. <laughs> Miracle had never been the brightest tube of lipstick in the makeup caddy, but... When she burns her wife's chihuahua <laughs> that never had any hair. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like Tim Burton animation and, uh, you know, voiceover by him. It's just everything's like twisted at a horrible angle. Mm-hmm. Leaves you feeling like someone just dragged something dead through the room. Yeah. There's a guy, got... just the constant sound of, you know, pipes being banging on with yes. a, an out-of-tune organ happening in the background. What's Tookie building in there? <laughs> Uh, well, she is building something that's a, a a diary of letters that she'll never send called T-Mail Jail, where she, she writes letters to people and just, you know, she wants people to read them, but since no one ever notices her. And this had one of my, I'm going to burn one of my dumb sentences already because okay. Tookie found it ironic that the book's initials TMJ also stood for an ailment that impaired a person's ability to open her mouth. It's, she did find that ironic that in the books that she named on her own was, was stood for something else. That's well, I think we're going to get that a lot. We're going to get a lot of like Mr. Woodcock syndrome. Do you remember that that movie where yep. Billy, Billy Bob Thornton played a teacher, t- gym teacher named Mr. Woodcock? And we were sort of like, you can't call him Mr. Woodcock and then just base a whole series of jokes around the name that you gave the character. But, exactly. That's but it a happens rule. a I lot put that, here. Yes, I put that exact note on that. 
I think they do it in uh, very irritatingly in Doctor Strangelove, huh. where uh, someone's name is like Colonel Bat Guano or something, <laughs> and then someone goes, "Well, well, Colonel Bat Guano, if that really is your name." Oh wow! Like, Wait, what? Yes, <laughs> you gave him the name. It's under your control. Yes. Um, so I think I think the the hanging a lamp on the ridiculous stuff is is also happening for whatever reason in this book. Um, we also get the uh, the fact that Tookie is uh, knows twenty eight languages and nearly speaks uh, by age of eleven she knows twenty eight languages. Also now she speaks almost every world tongue. I just said sure, why not? I <laughs> I don't know if if or when that's going to pay off, but she does. She is sort of a, a misunderstood prodigy to you know add into the the Harry Potter world, the the uh, the rolled doll sort of mistreated kid type of thing. I did write down all the. Uh... No, I didn't write down all the names of the languages, but those are pretty irritating as well. They're they're pretty similar to those uh, products that we just uh, heard about oh, sure. on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> mashed up words. But, uh, okay, here's another example of the phenomenon we're talking about. Uh, it's day 39 of my great SPLD campaign, and everyone is still ignoring me. Mm-hmm. And then SPLD stood for <laughs> silent protest by lying down. <laughs> Please invert these things. Yeah, lead with that, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's she's doing a, a, a silent protest in the halls. That's why she's there licking whipped cream off her uh, freakishly short fingers. Um, and we, yeah, so it is day 39. We're led to just imagine that this has been happening forever. So I'm glad they didn't start with that. I'm glad we can pick up with it in media res because that would have been 39 long days. Well, there are certain parts in the book where... Unfortunately, we get the whole thing, the introduction <laughs> later of the all the people. Uh, anyway, sure. But this one, at least they started there. But I was unclear whether she, apparently she does go home. So the campaign is just she goes to school, mm-hmm. lies on the floor. Uh, I don't know how she holds whipped cream cans with those tiny baby fingers. I don't know that you have the, the palming ability to get around a can of whipped cream. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good question, especially because whipped cream requires you know a it, you to hold it and use a finger to to dispense it at the same time. Right. It's a suboptimal choice. Yeah, but anyway, so she wakes up. Her mom, I don't know, takes her on the school bus, however that works, and then she goes immediately and lies on the floor. Mm-hmm. And no and one then spends. No one ever sees there. her. Yeah, okay. except for her sister, who says you who comes up to her and sings mispronunciations of of. You know, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. mispronounce an acronym. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's, yes. it's three letters. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But uh, okay. So I was on. But I guess she does go home. We find out later. She doesn't just lay there. Well, you know, the the lights are pulled off, and then the uh, and then the smoke belches out. At you know, on the hour or whatever. So she, I guess, goes home. Yes. Yeah. You have to imagine that smoke belches out at like you know comedic intervals. You know, if she's it sort of put, puts a button on a screen uh, on a scene by. Uh, she goes, well, that went well, poof, right yeah. in her face type of thing. <laughs> but she does She does meet, uh, we get introduced to the class presidents and her crush's deep, weary sigh, Theophilius Lovelaces. And I prefer to call him, uh, I believe the, that's a great thing to do when you're about to say something <laughs> pompous. <laughs> the correct pronunciation, the Biblical pronunciation, Theophilus. Ooh. So wow. we're going to call him Theophilus Lovelace. Okay. Sure, that works for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's so he's uh, offering out these vote for love buttons, 
which is, you know, I, I guess that's a catchy slogan, but it's it's only designed to set up an entirely improbable uh, scenario where he's offering her a button, she reaches for it, she's so honored, but then it's knocked out of her hand, kicked across the hallway, ends up in a bucket of trash. She fishes out the trash, which is, you know, just one of the many first times that someone's going to be crawling into a dumpster and covered in slime. Um but the the button when she fishes it out no longer said vote for love so this is this is just the most tortured setup to to make a, a minor oh, plot point happen yes so yeah so bad vote for love uh instead the v hopefully people are I, I imagine a lot of people are listening to this without reading so here try to just imagine this instead the v and o and e of the first word were gone the f and r of the second were totally erased and of the last word the l was knocked into non-existence and the v was scratched so badly it resembled a k but the e remained intact all one <laughs> sentence so now it says t o o k e um there's some spaces i guess in that but i mean so in a movie you could do that pretty well uh, in on on a page it does not work my friend that i i of course had to reread it to to make sure is this a very tortured joke i'm not getting because i'm not good at like word games and puzzles is mm-hmm. this some sort of mensa thing going on here <laughs> i don't think so right. it's just very bad right it, it would have been great if it just said like so you know what it said <laughs> you know why she took this so nicely but yeah no it has to spell it out for you um I, I guess that was all necessary to uh, explain how a V could be scratched badly so that it resembles a K. I'm, I'm not sure how that's really possible. Not possible. Not by getting kicked around. A uh, couple questions before we close this out. Um, so she falls when she's chasing this thing. And first of all, it was knocked off of her. It fell on her and it was knocked off of her with a field hockey stick. <laughs> but it does not explain who did that or why. Okay. So that was just supposed to like start this wacky action scene. But like someone's swinging at her with a field hockey stick? Yeah, in the hallway. That sounds like a big problem. In the hallway. So she falls later trying to chase this thing around before it ends up in the filth and decay. Uh, but it says, the noises in the cafeteria ceased to exist. Tookie was groggy from her fall. Her ears rang to the point of leaving her deaf. Jeez. And her mouth felt like it had been anesthetized. But that didn't stop her from noticing his imperfectly perfect features. Didn't stop her from noticing. She needs immediate <laughs> hospitalization. <laughs> she is probably going to do the Natasha Richardson thing. And, you know, she is going to die without immediate <laughs> bleeding of her brain. <laughs> yeah, there was something in that whipped cream that wasn't sitting right. And then one more question about the creatures that inhabit this book. Uh, the legs belong to Abigail Good, who wore her super thick, long, wavy black hair with pride, even from her armpits. Yeah. Who who are these creatures? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it's people who are who are either you're either the most attractive creature known to mankind, or you just have some uh, sort of insane tick. Or a feature that makes you look um, like a cartoon character, I guess. Well, gross. Uh, my <laughs> last my last note is that so we meet um, the class president or whatever the hell his Theophilus mm-hmm. Lovelace, his uh, girlfriend Zarpessa, the world's most beautiful girl. Zarpessa Zarino. Long... What is that? Zarpessa Zarino. Oh, That's I didn't name. get the yeah ZZ. Okay. Thank you. Gotcha. Uh, a long description of how beautiful she is. She's, she's a grace of a swan and all of this stuff. 
She glided towards Theophilus with the grace of a swan and held up a massive poster written in gold glitter pen. Mm -hmm. So the whole time she was being described, (laughs) she was holding a massive poster. (laughs) Wouldn't that be like the first when a character walks up? Then somebody walked up. They were holding a massive poster. (laughs) Right. Lead with that. Lower it. And she's revealed her her beautiful face. Yes. The poster has another annoying tick that, that plays out at least uh, one other time in this section. It's made with real gold dust, and it says, My father had some despair, and our mayor's sister, psychoanalyst, neighbor's BFF, told me the posters were written with precious metals like this. Definitely get you reelected. So that uh, that sort of Ferris Bueller-y um, uh, chain of people is something that, that the author trots out oh, more than yes. once. Oh, yes. Yep, that's right. I forgot the that would be a reference to Ferris Bueller. God. Yeah, that comes up a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's, uh, that's, that's where it, I left off for chapter one. Yeah. So chapter two, bring us in. Well, we start with, uh, Tookie covered in filth. Oh, the smell, the poor, the dreadful smell, poor Tookie covered in the wretched decay of other people's refuse. <laughs> yeah. But what, and then what do, is she you know? saying about, so, so then she, she says, I wish I could scrub her off. And then she describes her. You know, apparently this whoever our narrator is, it mm-hmm. probably turns out to be this magical creature or whatever. How I wish I could scrub her with oils of eucalyptus, bergamot, and lang lang with three boxes of baking soda, a gallon of laundry detergent, 12 capfuls of all-purpose bleach, two squirts of antibacterial hand soap, and a dash of ammonia. <laughs> and she says, oh, darling, I can feel the burn now, but you know what they say, no pain, no removal of funk stain? It went off the rails. Um, what, what is that? What is happening there? I'm not sure. I don't know. The creature doesn't sound super benevolent if that's the, uh, it's like bathing someone in a lie or something. And I mean, I, she's probably being funny, the character that is, but I do hope that they do say this in this world, no pain, no removal of funk stain. <laughs> yes. In there, in this world's version of Roadhouse, that's what Dalton says. Yes. <laughs> Ah, it's it it just it it piles on it piles on weirdness where you wouldn't expect it to really need any like uh, you know we I guess we we feel sympathy for this character but I, if it's not a real person or um, if you're if you're bathing her in 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 ammonia I'm not really sure what we're supposed to do here. I don't know either. Uh, um, the uh, the the school uh, PA announces that they have. We have temporarily shut off all water due to the heightened misuse because of the smize craze. So if you have to use the estroom, you must hold it off until you are off school. Hold it until you are off school premises. So there's just more, uh, <laughs> more, more grossness to to pile on. It's it's like an mm-hmm. Amazon warehouse or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and she, so her hands continue to be mucky. So just to get the system right, they put him in the water, and then everyone just keeps their water running Do, would they think in like year two like, man you know when we had that uh free d battery giveaway night when the yankees came to play uh, at boston that probably wasn't a good idea yes <laughs> maybe next time we should uh you know open cans or t-shirts at, at best or something right but, uh, yeah hide them in chocolate bars or something like that right uh very very stupid but so it goes on to describe something here and i just want to get this straight she has no locker because yep. everyone took them, mm-hmm. but she stores her stuff in a disused dumb waiter mm-hmm. where she has an electrical cooler to store whipped cream canisters. 
that she regularly shoots into her mouth. Yep. That's where the supply comes from. What's on? I mean, what's unclear about that normal scenario? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, good. I'm glad. I yes. Among other things, yeah. the, the there's more than just uh, what else does she have in there? Uh, uh, do you have it? She has snacking options. Oh, so, sausage gravy, vanilla sandwich cookies, spicy ketchup, Dijon mustard, mesquite honey, and chipotle barbecue sauces. Uh, are stored in a dumb waiter, a disused dumb waiter at the school that belches oil on them every hour. And it says she had installed a portable cooler, so I don't know if that means she, you know, actually like got out her wrench and you know electrical wiring, or if it's just a little. That's like, what I mean. It's electrical. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, you 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 tack those things on, and just you have to imagine that any fiction one hundred and one professor would be like, you got to dial it back here. You just you you can't throw all this at people what what are we supposed to take away here <laughs> yeah there has to be a there's a, a through line there's a straight line and then the weirdness little alleys of weirdness have to be meted out fairly carefully but people have to understand what's happening in the world but this is just weirdness after weirdness not connecting in any way <laughs> and uh it it, le- it leads uh tells us that she one time it says she has an insatiable appetite, and one time she ate so much chocolate that she threw up in the car, and her mother had grounded her. Literally, Tuki had been forced to sit and sleep on the floor for one month solid. So that's the first glimpse at her sort of uh, monstrous parents. But it's also sort of, it gets into like, you know, the, the magical realism of like a mm-hmm. hundred years of solitude or something where it's like, well, obviously that could, that would never happen. Um, but so, so what are we? What are what are the stakes in this world? Um, it's part of. The, I think it's part of the reason I've never been able to get into those type of books, where it's like it's hard to tell, you know, what's going to happen and what we're supposed to care about if just any of this stuff. If someone could just sit on top of a tree for a year to protest something or something like that. That's uh, the exact thought came to my head because I tried magical realism <laughs> a number of times, and that was the thing that just couldn't. I just couldn't get over it. Yeah, like, ah, I don't know. Uh, but it's also we get another glimpse at the world where it's it's the the world of Metopia is organized into convenient like Mario levels. There's the yes. uh, there's the ice planet. There's a stormy planet. There's the uh, Ladorno is the beach community, um, sort of like Delfino Beach or something. And then we have Peppertown, which is the hot desert planet. So yeah, I guess Mario or Star Wars type of things where everyone just has one climate of the place they live. And they're sort of just kind of, if you hovered above it, it would just be like sort of walled off into quadrants, right? Yes, I, th- I think it does say like it is, it is, you know, split into four quadrants. Um, okay, so this is not then an Earth thing. This is a different planet or... Yeah, yeah, I think or, so. Or I mean, world. I think, yeah, Metopia is the world, and I don't know if we're going to go beyond there. But yeah, it is not part of our world, I guess, unless there's been some serious reorganization. Uh, but speaking of grossness, finally a, a bit of niceness. When they reached the top, the girls extended their palms out, pointed to the sky with both hands, sniffed each armpit, and then curtsied. This was their silent expression of their greeting. What's up, hot queen? <laughs> huh? Yes. It's, so they're sniffing each of their own armpits or each other's? Uh, sniffed each armpit. So... Oh, that implies that each went around to each armpit, I guess. Sure. I yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know what to make of that. Uh, it's sort of a Mary Catherine Gallagher-y. Yes, The character uh, from Saturday Night Live. I forgot about Yeah, I forgot um, about that. <laughs> but, you know, they, I don't understand why they need to say, what's up, hot queen, silently, if that's what's implied. 
because you know unless they've specifically addressed it that's what the uh sniffing each armpit and curtsying is implying um each person might be interpreting it, it differently because it's hard for me to look at that and, and see what's up hot queen but then again i'm not a uh 13 year old uh, 15 year old metopian resident so it's true, it but be. years may not be the same in this. That's the other thing. This is a different planet. That's true. I would say, though, that if someone was about to approach me to say, what's up, hot queen, I would prefer that you just go ahead and sniff your armpits or, or even mine okay. before saying that. Because it would give you a chance to sort of turn and, and be halfway down the block by the time they were finishing the word hot. Ex- exactly. <laughs> Speaking of hot, so that that is her uh, visiting her friend Lizzie, who lives in, it's described as a tree cottage of sorts <laughs> um which i guess i think we're just supposed to mean tree house yet it is uses the word cottage and then says of sorts so it, it just really really tri- trips over its own feet trying to describe that where she subsists on among other things bags of scones so yet again we've just been we've had weird th- food thrown at us which is not the only dan brownie in touch um, oh, tell me. Because we have the uh, we have you know his his book Digital Fortress that we read. The guy's chugging olive oil and and drinking juice as he washes his head in the in the yeah. uh, uh, water fountain. We also get this though. She's describing uh, Tuki's homeland of Peppertown. The sun's wrath determined Peppertown's landscape as well. <laughs> the leaves on the trees were crisp and brown. No birds nestled in nooks and branches. No butterflies fluttered by. And you didn't dare touch the sidewalk in Peppertown. It would burn your fingerprints off. So it's like a slightly dialed back version of Dan Brown talking about Seville here, <laughs> which, which multiple readers, uh, listeners wrote into to make the comparison as well. I'm glad that's, that's a uh, well-ingrained reaction at this point in time. I actually did not even make that connection. I was I was kind of skipping over. I was so irritated by the fact that like you can't step on the pavement or your shoes melt and yeah. all of this. Like, <laughs> come on, yes. that's uh, great. Uh, but the other two the other two side plots I just want to touch on briefly are that CIL Seal the, is the latest seven uh, seven model has gone missing. Um, there's mm-hmm. like a there's like a, a milk milk jug campaign to try to track her down, and there's also a a rich baroness who has gone on the run after some sort of Ponzi scheme. They use another word to describe it, a, a Yonzi scheme, maybe. It would yeah. just, I, I wasn't going to dignify with any sort of engagement. Uh, yeah, C, is C-I-L is uh, like C-tilde-L, right? Mm-hmm. Making it as absolutely annoying to come across <laughs> as anything you could possibly... As 7-7, seven, seven, you know? I, I think 7-7 seven, seven is... 7-7, seven, seven, we find... I, I thought it was just pronounced 7, right. like it was... But nope, we learn later it is seven seven. <laughs> right. as, as I was telling someone the other day, a, it, a friend of mine pointed it out to me. And you know, we've talked about it before, where you have a professor or something who has a vocal tick, and then you give it to the guy next to you. You know, like you notice every time he does that, he goes like, and he swallows or whatever. Oh God! <laughs> and the person's like, "Damn it! Why did you tell me that?" <laughs> My friend told me that uh, way back in the day that Rachel Ray will say. Uh, and then you get out and you just uh, squirt some EVOO on it. That's extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> and she did it every time. Oh, wow. And he was like, why do you say it? Why do you repeat? He was just like enraged. Right. It made me laugh just so much. Like, why are you time, watching her? Right. Reading, watching this. But that's what the author, that's what the, uh, that's what Tyra does every single time. Every single time. Yes. Uh, but, and yeah, so there's another acronym, the T-DOD, which is the, <sighs> the, the day of, what was it? Oh, crap. Day of Discovery. Day of Discovery, yes. So that's essentially the um, Hunger Games picking thing, but in a good way uh, of the thing. It's the seven people who are allowed into Willy Wonka's house. 
that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so so Lizzie, her friend, is like a she's almost turning into Gollum. I feel like she's wearing <laughs> right. She's yeah. wearing like tattered hospital gown. She's escaping and being recaptured by vague medical people who I I think sedate her. I think this is supposed to be a little one flew over the cuckoo's nest here. Mm-hmm. She's unstable. She cuts herself. Yeah, it's very. I guess. It gets very Maya Mortal at times. Yeah. To bring up another three seventy two book. Yeah, with, with also with a lot of abbreviations. <laughs> yeah, and all and and the weird narration at the beginning of each chapter sort of is the uh, <laughs> right. the note the notes to Raven and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a weird little universe we have constructed here. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so this is quite a paragraph. They so they. Climb down out of her, what did you call it? Tree cottage of sorts. Tree cottage of sorts. And they go to a uh, a dumpster. Yeah. And she, by the way, she uses the uh, uppercase D. Oh, so you better just... believe I noted that. <laughs> dumpster brands exist here. That's, That's right. stunning. She uses it three times. <laughs> dumpster dough with a capital D. Yes. A group of shabby people stood around the dumpster. Some of them wore masks. The tallest man wore a gas mask. A shorter woman wore a tribal mask. And what looked like a girl, Tuki's age, had a tattered comedy tragedy mask. The girl carried a familiar yellow dream bag in the crook of her elbow. Tuki frowned. <laughs> what, what's, what, what, what kind of a paragraph is that? That's... Am I really expected to read this and then continue reading? <laughs> Some of them wore masks. Goes on to describe everyone wearing a mask. Yes. Um, uh, a gas mask? Yeah, I mean... That, that would be pretty hot, too. I have to say, any mask would be hot in Peppertone. It would, but it would come in handy into school with the, where the walls are releasing butt bombs and belches all day long. That's true. It, that's true. But, By the way, is it Peppertown or Pepperton? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> are we using, like, the British... Sure, let's do that. I don't see why not. <laughs> okay, Pepperton. <laughs> darling. If we're doing... Yeah, if we're going Mid-Atlantic, we might as well. Yes, Pepperton, darling. But this, uh, this, this, this family, this group of people, some of them wearing masks, all of them wearing masks, are fishing out, uh, like, sea bass and sparkling cider, more weird food out of the dumpster. And it's revealed, you know, Lizzie has brought her there because not everything is what it seems with Zarpressa. Um, her family is actually um, is, is dumpster diving for their, for their food. Yeah. And Tookie can't believe that because Zarpressa is an heir to the Zerino peanut empire. I just saw an ad for their peanut oil in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Some, someone uh what is she supposed to be 15 yes she sees a peanut oil ad in the paper and <laughs> yeah. takes note of that <laughs> that's a good point. circles it yes. like an old lady with her tv guy yeah there's a 10 cent coupon or something <laughs> <laughs> oh i actually met a uh i met one of the heirs to the uh, maraschino cherry empire um, oh, yeah, recently. was it Maraschino in the name? That's a place, right? It's uh, I don't remember, but it's there's um, that was that was told to me after we met. I didn't get to chat him up about the cherries. Hmm. <laughs> but you know, I guess I guess this is not as absurd as it as it could be because there there have to be heirs to all the empires out there. You know, there's an heir to the to the uh, speaking of peanut, the Mary Jane candy empire, that sort of thing. Yeah, right. There's Everybody the Ferrara is. Pan Lemonheads uh, heir, who's the the. the uh, 19-year-old who's who's at Coachella with his own private cabana because of, of Lemonhead Candies. 
Right. And if only we knew the the person whose mother invented liquid paper, then everything would be My uh, God, be yes. If that would, it's <laughs> the, a mystery that we can, we'll never know. The most known trivia thing of all time. <laughs> um, so that got me thinking, though, as they're, they're dumpster diving, they're saying, take the sea bass? Yeah. And I think she says something like, it's fresh or something? It's still cold, yeah. Oh, I'm so, sorry, it's still warm. What uh, What is the food situation in Pepperton that they're throwing away like still very good sea bass. And then later we learn that the, this girl, um, Lizzie, okay. her favorite food is grilled cheese dipped in strawberry jelly. Yeah. Which, which we're told very clearly she only eats out of a dumpster. <laughs> so what is the food? I mean, the food waste is atrocious. Yeah. But where is it coming from? Like who's making the food? Who's... Who's the food provider and and who is the person, the buyer? Because that buyer needs to be fired immediately right. yeah, and the, replaced. Yeah, if these people who have the appearances of riches are, are still you know, fishing out warm sea bass that is edible, um, it does seem like there is some sort of waste going on that could be more easily avoided. I guess there's, uh, you know, goods and workers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hand, hand wave it away. Well, you could also hand wave it away by like uh, the rich people ate in restaurants all the time. Um, but you know, we're, we're led to believe that the rich people only live in, um, that, that La Jolla type of community. Ladorna. Ladorna. Yeah. So, um, yes. I'm not sure who is, who's going out here to order the sea bass, which is, you know, you know, a, a mid tier fish, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're upgrading a, from the salmon, yeah, that might be something you're, you're going for. It's a decent white fish. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> not bad. It's not actually, sea bass is an invented name, right? I don't, it's, it's some other fish. It can be like any number of like 25 fish. Oh, or it's something. like the, the cod phenomenon. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. But but uh, uh, that's all I have for two. Yeah. So well, they the the only plot point is that their their plan is the exodus. Uh, they're gonna run run uh, away together, Lizzie and Tookie. Um, and their plan is that they will then you know build a whipped cream factory on the beach, a strawberry jelly factory next door. Um, n- no word of where the grilled cheeses will come from in this scenario, but that's the uh, that's the deal, and uh, it's sort of their their uh, Shawshank Redemption. Um, the yes. plan to get away from it all but a little bit nitpicky but i did note that exoduses usually involve entire peoples or people systems not just two teenagers but whatever <laughs> it's fine yeah it's movement of ja people it's not movement of the two <laughs> teens one of them who lives in a yes. uh, tree cottage of sorts of sorts <laughs> uh, let's, uh chapter three let's do chapter three we finally get some look at uh, the, the rest of tookie's family we get to the uh, the the narrator describing the De La Creme House calls it the creme of the De La Cremes, which I was like, Mr. Woodcock here. Yeah. Um, but the house, like everything else, just like um, the uh, Zarpressa's family, everything is not of their seams. Things, their house is falling apart. It's uh, The foundation's cracking. Everything is sort of non-functional. It's sort of like a arrested development home. Um, where uh, nothing is taken out of its plastic. A, a chunk of plaster nearly kills Tookie, falling off of the wall as she's going in the door. So everyone is sort of keeping up appearances, but nothing is actually good here. Right, and as that, uh, I'll just read it. Another piece of slate broke off from the roof and fell to the ground, nearly slicing her skull in two. Oh my God, she murmured. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if my skull was almost sliced in two, I might go slightly above a murmur. Right? I might. No, I you, you wouldn't react like uh, like someone had just made a, a a shocking announcement at the at the local at the local at a local stage or something. Like, 
Oh my gosh! Oh, I didn't. Know. I didn't know. That's, that's the Baron's father. I didn't do. He's, he, I thought he. Was. Yeah. <laughs> the librarian is leaving at the end of the month. Yes, oh my right. gosh. <laughs> um, but we, we do get to meet uh, Mrs. De La Creme, who is, we're, we're led to believe is some sort of germaphobe. She's throwing away any banana that indicates the slightest hint of a brown spot. And she also, um, <laughs> she, she was a germaphobe who carried around Bellissima, her favorite lifelike doll, out of her collection. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. De La Creme's uh, fingers were not suitable for picking gherkins out of a jar, so she asked her disobedient daughter to do it. Took you laid on the floor and sucked the whipped cream off her baby-like fingers. <laughs> well, in the other room, a clown did a dance. Yeah. Listen to, uh, I think, Circus by Tom Waits. It's on his Orphans box set is a very good, uh, that and, and what's he building in there are sort of what's he going for. <laughs> it's weird. It, it, once you once you hear it, you can, you can read a lot of things in his voice. Maybe he could narrate the audiobook. Oh, that'd be great. That, that one I would actually listen to. Uh, uh, so here's another thing of the, the otherworldly nature of this. Um, when she shut the door, goosebumps immediately rose on her skin and her sweaty locks nearly turned into coil shaped icicles. God. Tookie's mother insisted that their home's thermostat be kept at almost sub zero temperatures at all times to combat the blazing Peppertown heat. Pepperton. <laughs> yeah. So sub zero. Okay. So it is. So her sweaty locks nearly turned into coil-shaped icicles. So again, we're seeing a Tim Burton, you know, or well, to use a recent thing from us, Gumby or something like boing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and truly sub-zero. So sub-zero is either you know that's either Celsius or Fahrenheit. Exactly. We're not sure what this community is using, but if it was if it was nearly sub-zero, I mean that means it's it's thirty-one degrees below freezing in terms of Fahrenheit. Yeah, well, I guess if it's, well, look, it's a different it's planet. It's the rest so of the world, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could be okay. Kelvin, for all we know. Yeah. Um, but so, as you described Tookie as being sort of this weird, um, is she human or not, Mrs. De La Creme was also very difficult to to imagine, because it says, her body and soft, line, lineless, tan-skinned hands were remarkably well-preserved. Her face was a different story. Thick makeup clumped heavily in permanent lines on and around her mouth. <laughs> Deep crow's feet fanned out from the corner of her eyes all the way to her ears. Even her nose was covered in wrinkles. And, you know, see, I I took note of that. But, like, uh, later on it describes her as it's, like, actually hideous to look at based on how many wrinkles. So she's like one of those dogs that's, you know, one of those wrinkly dogs or something. Yeah. And I think we're with, uh, and her name, by the way, I don't think you said what it is. No, what is it? I would say to people, like, Take a big sip of coffee or whatever drink you have, or if if you'd rather not, you know, spit it all over your monitor, because clearly that's what I'm going for. Go ahead and just grab the sides of your desk so you don't hurt anyone when you hear this. <laughs> Creamy De La Creme. Of course. Of course. Yep. I'm, I'm enraged. I'm still enraged. So that was her name, though, before she she married and, and took Mr. De La Creme's last name. Yeah. So that worked out okay, I guess, or terribly, depending on your tolerance for for uh, uh, humorous names. Quite a quite a marriage, which we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Plot-wise, it, it updates us through a you know, news broadcast, uh, which is conveniently on, on the TV, that four have been found. It says that a gang of hooligan females spotted the device, the Smize, 
floating in a condemned swimming pool in pitter-patter today. Mm -hmm. They rushed the barbed wire fence, dove into the murky, stagnant, unfit-for-human-contact water. An underwater riot broke out, severely injuring three girls. One is in critical condition at Shavira Hospital. So that's fun. But it doesn't also say how many of those girls that were injured were looking for the smizes. These could have been the the hobbyist uh, sewer divers that we we discussed or invented earlier. They were just, we're daily divers. What are you doing here? Yeah, it could be like senior mall walkers, that type of thing. They're just going about their business, and all of a sudden they're beset by these hooligans. Uh, what is it? What was the end of that thing you just read? Can you pull it up again? Because it reminded me of, just read it again. An underwater riot broke out, severely injuring three girls. One is in critical condition at Shavira Hospital. She ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, what a story. It pretty much is that. Uh, they just, you know, <laughs> goes. Crossed right over the uh, the person who's probably going to die, and I think it's only uh. young children who are after these things. Right? This is not a this is not a everybody. Uh, we're we're not assuming that these are adult women who are doing this. This is only like well, her mom had the 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 tap open though when she got home. Okay, but uh, yeah, so they're at least they're helping. They're helping. Them, sure. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. And we get a clue now to the world building of this because it says. Uh, every year on the eve of T-Dot, the world's <laughs> reservoirs ran dry because everyone kept their taps open. The world's reservoirs. Okay, okay. So the entire world is doing this. So this is, encompasses, I assume. Yes, but like it, it's sort of like it's sort of like Willy Wonka, where like the entire world is looking for these things. But like you know, you're not you're not you're not finding a golden ticket in Zambia. Let's be honest here. Like <laughs> Willie Willy, Willy Walker was was not distributing his uh, his his golden tickets to the far reaches of the globe. <laughs> he had a he had a certain certain type of person he wanted in his factory. Are you saying that world in this case just means Metopia? Uh, the world she's describing. Yes, I guess it's kind of like um, in uh, in Tolkien. He just says you know he describes this part of. A globe, and you have no idea. There could be many other, you know, Lords of Rings going on. In many other well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, you could listen to uh, Ring, Ring Heads by Bill and, and Sean if you want to get into the uh, the deep world of, 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 of Tolkien. I think they are actually delving into that. So they probably could answer that question. I'll let them handle it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't know. It's, it's you know, it, 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 I don't know what people's ethnicity is in this world either. Well, I'm still wrestling with the fact that they're human. So sure, I, don't really, I guess that's but <laughs> once you're once you're unclear about that, that's the bigger question. It's like Veggie Tales or Gumby. Like I don't know, who cares? Right? Yeah, I guess yeah. They make they could be those humans that Gumby existed with that weren't humans. They were still clones. Right. So, <sighs> well, this was good. So we've we've met Thelophilus. We've met uh, Theophilus, please. Theophilus Zarpressa. We've met. Uh, oh, Theophilus had a good friend named like. Uh, oh, did I did I even take his name down? He had a, a rhyming name. Uh, but anyway, Ugh. now we get to meet Miracle M Y R R A C L E enters with her best friend Brian, <laughs> <laughs> which to, to me struck me as very funny. Uh, and they make quite an entrance too, compared uh, to the Tree Cottage of Sorts entrance. They jumped and spread their feet out, arched their heads back, rolled up through their torsos, and pointed at Tookie and Mrs. De La Creme. Why did they do that? And, <laughs> and what did they? What did they do? Because it's hard for me to really jumped. Uh, too bad we can't do a visual challenge. Spread their feet out, arched their heads back, 
and then rolled up through their torsos? I don't understand. Some sort of body pop. And pointed at Tukey and Mrs. De La Creme. Mm -hmm. You know what this made me think of? And this is... <laughs> so she's 13, which we learn at the end of this paragraph. Yes. And Tukey is 15. Yes. I don't think I'd known that till now. It might have said it, but... Uh, I thought of hot property. Because <laughs> yes. they're doing like a little kid's dance, like pointing at me. Like, I don't ever want a little kid to do a dance and then point yes. at me, do you? It is. It's the junior dancers from Star Search. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of what this is. And we we, we do learn, I, I think they, they, they describe later as as when they go into town that, that the 13-year-old miracle is like, head turningly beautiful or something or like you can't look at her for too long because she's so beautiful that you would do that which is just an off-putting thing to describe the 13 year old as oh yeah every limb on miracle's body every joint moved gracefully and fluidly and with the utmost confidence <laughs> all right set, settle down yes, really <laughs> um and we get this detail um i'm going to read this because i'm sure you were not going to even though she was 13 and Tookie was 15, she was getting more womanly than Tookie in every way. She'd even developed faster getting her period earlier that year. Tookie still hadn't gotten hers yet. <laughs> so I'm just seeding this. This might be the literary's first ever example of, of Chekhov's tampon. I'm, I'm just putting it oh, out there. God. Oh, <laughs> You're not going to bring that up unless it's going to pay off in some incredibly disturbing fashion. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, so... Uh, Miracle starts saying in a very annoying fashion, what I have to do first is prepare to get my dancing to perfectness. That way I can pose the best of the rest in a vest and pass the test and be the guest and walk with zest unless they want me to walk from the east to the west. And she launched into a tap number. Stop it, Mrs. De La Creme yelled. So the mom's not all that bad. It's, no, she's, I, she's making Tookie some... sleep on the floor for a month, but she's, she's interrupting one of the most irritating things in the history of literature. But then uh, comes my favorite character, uh, <laughs> and here is this description. How dare you insult me and accuse me of such filth? And who are you, Mr. One-Eyed Ex-Circus Star, who spends his nights boozing? <laughs> it's like, finally, a character for me. <laughs> yes. And, like, and again, Tom, how dare you insult me? And who are you, <laughs> Mr. One-Eyed Ex-Circus Star, who spends his nights boozing? Her father was a former trapeze artist who lost his eye in a tragic sword accident when his daughter shined a mirror into his face from the seventh story of the big top. He was able to tumble hopelessly down to the stage and was fine until he injured his eye and the swords that protrude from the edge of the stage. Their marriage began to dissolve after that. The wife began to buy bananas and throw them away one by one. It's insane. It works on every chapter. God. Um, but yeah, so that's Mr. De La Creme who uh, still wears his acrobat's unitard despite the uh, consistent reminder that he's like paunchy and flabby everywhere he goes. Um, so do you, yeah. do you have his? Uh, do you have a stage name here? Uh, I have it. I have it at the ready. Um, no, so his name is Christopher De La Creme. So if you were that was your name, mm -hmm. and you were an acrobat, you would of course call yourself the incredible, incredible Chris Cremcrobat. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to do but throw up your hands and go, okay. Sure. That's, I mean, that's almost like, you know, Arnie, Arnie, Arnie Pie with Arnie in the sky yeah. at that point in time. You're just, yes. you've, you've done it completely wrong. Like, there's a lot of good options there, and you've picked the intentionally worst one. 
Yep. Um, but yeah, so uh, he accuses his wife of having a, an affair with Perry at the salon um, while Miracle gets her hair done. Uh, we get an update about the missing Baroness, uh, who is, uh, we're, we're told, swindled the family out of a large portion of their life savings. Yeah, these things, I don't know, the missing model and the, the her, I assume, are going to be something. Yeah, I'm only mentioning it just so that they yeah. will, they will I mean, when it turns up later in the book, we'll have filled people in on this. Uh, and then, can I describe the smize? Yeah, yeah, let's do that, because that's, that's sort of the, the major plot point that closes out this chapter. And there's one, I'm going to steal a description of it from chapter four as well, but this won't cause any harm to the, uh, the small yellow bubble. This is the smize coming out of the sink. The small yellow bubble began to expand, filling half of the kitchen sink. Then it changed color from spicy red to soothing blue to emerald green and finally to a plethora of yellows. Mm -hmm. It was strangely beautiful. Tuki carefully picked up the bubble with her hands. Okay, bubble. And then before her eyes, the bubble flattened itself and then transformed into cellophane-thin golden cat's-eye sunglasses without the frames. Then in chapter 4. The smize was made up of ornate eyeshadow-like flourishes in strokes of taxicab, Dijon, baby chick, banana, and lemonade yellow. Thinner than a sheet of paper, it was surprisingly heavy and seemed to hum ever so slightly as it rested in Tookie's palms. Your Honor, what the hell is the smize? <laughs> it's a beautiful membrane, Mike. I don't know what else I need to tell you. <laughs> I have two. What is it? I, it's impossible to picture. The idea of cat-sized sunglasses without the frames is insane because you could say lenses. A bubble. It's a bu- yeah. yeah bubble, but it's also cellophane thin. What I my takeaways are this: Have you ever made your own kombucha? Mm-hmm. You have. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have two. Um, we might get some letters about that. I think that's probably less weird now than it would have been five years ago. But anyway, you get a thing called a scoby in the mail, and it's it comes. Uh, flattened and that you put that in and that's the thing that replicates and ferments and stuff and it eventually yes. grows like bigger and fatter but that was sort of what i was thinking about it, although the scoby is sort of like you know a gross like uh you know meat colored thing there's also it, it a creature like, in, yeah no it looks like a, a gross like a, a hockey puck um depending on you know how which jar it was grown in but it looks like a gross peeling wet white hockey puck kind yes. of thing yeah, and there are there are also creatures in uh, the Legend of Zelda called like likes, where in the in the very first game they will eat your shield, and they they look like scobies. I'm imagining it like looking like one of those two. It's just a very it's not something that you would ever like think that you would eat something that this came in contact with. Um, By the way, can you I can recall what scoby means off the top of my head? Self-contained underwater breathing or breathing yeah. apparatus. No, it is <laughs> symbiotic colony colony of yeast and bacteria. Oh, uh, yeah. So of bacteria and yeast. Yeah, sorry. you'd you'd probably want to abbreviate that before putting it into your into your um, drink that you're going to be drinking. Hey, I'm going to be sending you. You're going to pay me money, and then I'm going to mail you a symbiotic culture of yeah. bacteria and yeast. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah. Take my money. <laughs> the uh, but that's that's the only like natural reference I had for like what was you know plopping out of their faucet at this point in time. But a bubble that the flattens, then it hums, strangely beautiful, turning different colors, all shades of bright yellow. I guess was she just like throwing crap at the wall and seeing what's stuck or whatever, you know, yeah. just if we the make, description of if it. If we make this, it's going to be animated, so uh, it'll be, just let them figure it out at that point in time. 
Right. That's uh, yeah. That that's for the artists. Yep. But yeah. So now she she has one. Tookie has a smize. We're into chapter four by now, uh, and it says. Uh, does it say that the smize announces this? The wearer of this smize has a 91% chance of being discovered on the day of discovery. Uh, 91% chance. Ha, Mr. De La Creme boasted. My miracle will be batting a thousand. He hobbled around, throwing out the tea bags, company, crumpling the newspaper, and crawling on his knees to glue the broken granite tiles back together. And his, his, the mom evidently says, like, knock it off. But it's like, so how long did that sentence take? He's throwing out tea bags, crumpling newspaper, but then crawling on his knees to glue broken granite tiles back together. Are we? Do we? Do we snap back to reality forty five minutes from then? <laughs> <laughs> and are they, are they all just staring at him while he's doing all of this? Yes, you, you know, crawling on your hands and knees while wearing a unitard presents some very unappealing views of your of yourself. I'm guessing, especially with the with the revolting paunch of this one eyed acrobat. If someone wants to do it, I will uh, team up. I, I probably won't live long enough, but I would team up with an animator and we would do this whole book in real time of how it's actually described. <laughs> All 39 so, days of her uh, spilled protest. Exactly. God. Of him hobbling around. Uh, that's, you know, a good... Uh, five minutes there of him doing that <laughs> gotta animate it all sure. gotta get the timing just right <laughs> well that's one of our favorite things so i the fact that this book is is alluding towards towards these specific time intervals uh makes me hopeful that we'll get some to come oh christopher de la creme what what does he look like what's the actor who's christopher de la creme oh uh... Maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe like, you know, when Christian Bale put on a bunch of pounds to play like Dick Cheney or something. I mean, like that. I don't know. Just that that sort of. Um, I guess in the in the old days, uh, you know, it would have been uh, Peter Falk. But sure. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> one eyed. He's got it down. Yeah. Well, when Mac from It's Always Sunny got got fat for a season, something like that. I'm not sure. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then so we get a Bob Honey. We get many of the left behind nine percent of Smize holders during previous days of discovery deviated from dashing dress design decisions. You have been warned. So they're sort of they're implying that there is a chance you might not make it. Uh, you need to have a you still need to have a fly outfit in order to to uh, attract the the Belladonna's uh, uh, approval. Who live in a mountain in the middle between the four quadrants? Yes. Duh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but Sorry. Uh, and, uh, unsaid here is that, of course, Tookie finds the smize, but it's not like, um, you know, it's not like a Harry Potter invitation or the golden ticket. Uh, it's immediately taken by the family and been like, oh, well, Miracle is going to, to use this. Um, so there's no real, um, like, ownership of it by the person who finds it. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to point out, because I knew you would appreciate it, because you already read it, but um, my miracle will be batting a thousand. So baseball exists in. Oh in this wow! World. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's so. But you know, she's currently batting ninety-one hundred. You know, the the greatest batting average by over a hundred percent in history. So um, right. he is. He is. Uh, it's good that he uses that analogy, though. She's going to hit a home run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, violation of these rules may cause serious side effects. I just have this as a note that, that, uh, Tyra Banks is a very deeply weird person. Side effects include face aches, nausea, vomiting, blurry vision, visions of fashion, police brutality, designer knockoffs, knocking you upside the head, stinging bees in your hair bonnet, biting wolves in cheap clothing. (laughs) 
you're 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 a weird person. Yeah, it's sort of like a game of telephone where it's like the every item's sort of related to the one next to it, but by the time you get to the end, you've you've started talking about a con- completely different train of thought. I drank a bottle of cheap bourbon. <laughs> next morning, I woke up with face aches, nausea, vomiting, blurry vision, visions of fashion, police brutality, <laughs> etc. Yes, it all works. It does. It, does. it has yet to prove that it doesn't. I was amazed that it took 50 pages to get to this. Uh, Miracle says in a conciliatory tone, I suppose it will be funner if you're there, Dookie. It's Tookie, uh-huh. Tookie said, feeling a barb of anger. That's what I said, Miracle <laughs> protested. Yeah, right, Tookie thought. She noticed Brian snickering behind his hand. So sh- shocked that it took 50 pages to get a Tookie Dookie name, but also Brian may, may, may too be at lobotomized turkey level of IQ here. <laughs> <laughs> he may just be uh, the dog from Family Guy. He's just there in it. <laughs> He just snickers at it because it's that's not bad. <laughs> oh well, that chapter just sort of sets up the fact that they have to go dress shopping. And yes, and they need her, uh, and she's like, "You're coming with us." Why? Well, isn't it obvious we need your baby fingers too fast? So that's not just a, you know, just a, a color, color or affectation. That is actual physical Plot point. She has tiny baby fingers. To fasten the buttons and zippers on Miracle's dress and to get my baby gherkins out of the jar for me while she's walking. <laughs> you know my gherkins calm me down when I'm nervous. You are a weird person, Tyrannx. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, they had it in the last chapter that she was having her, her mm-hmm. fishing out the gherkins um, for, her, for her mom. That was the only food she could tolerate because they weren't spoiling. Right. And Tookie was uh, like sneaking them too, like. Would 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 short fingers ever be an advantage in in dexterity? I I can't imagine. I mean, fumbling with you know buttons and stuff. It just seems like it would, would be um, uh, not not an advantage, <laughs> a detriment actually. I think uh, I find baby hands hilarious. I, I love baby hands. Uh-huh. I just like you you know when you see a cute baby, there's a lot. But the fact that they have those like indented knuckles. Uh-huh. And then their hands aren't quite in control, and they sometimes like spaz out and <laughs> grab your nose on the inside. It cracks me up. But I can't imagine like baby fingers that would like full dexterity. <laughs> That's not a thing we've ever seen. So, no. right. Yeah. It, they're all like. So that would be a little bit like Uncanny Valley, I would think. Mini prehensile tails or something. Yeah. Uh, well, before we go dress shopping, do you want to do some fanfic? And now I bet they bitching because my flow switching. Trying to tell me what to write. I've got some fanfiction. Can't they just be happy? All right, here comes real or fanfic. In this segment, we are going to read five selections that may be from later in Model Land or they may be fanfic sent in by our listeners. And Mike's going to try to guess which are which. Uh, how are you feeling early on in a book like this? Because there's early on is tricky, but also a new book is is very tricky. Never confident in the early stages. Uh, also, she, but there was enough material here and enough quirks that I, I don't really feel confident anyway. Like I, because anything right. could happen, right? I, I just don't. Sure. Yeah. There's no the the through line is not there. So if someone wrote something about you know a prince showed up and we had to go through the prince level, I'd go, well, that seems weird. But like then it would, could turn out to be real. <laughs> Put a pin to the prince level because uh, that's going to come back. Oh, dear. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's do this. Um, just one second. I'm queuing up the fanfic. Uh, here's number one. Tookie and Piper approached the check-in counter. A woman who looked about 150 years old sat behind the desk. 
She wore an elaborate sage green cape made of multiple type of pistols, knives, nooses, and razors, with a hat shaped like a pair of angry scissors. Upon closer inspection, Tookie realized that the blades of the scissors were really blades. Sharp serrated knives. Comforting, Tookie thought. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, she began. The old woman's eyes bulged. Ma'am? You called me ma'am? Oh, no. You should never call me that. My name is Purse Dressed to Kill. (laughs) Remember that, because from the looks of those enormous feet of yours, I'm sure you're quite a clumsy one. Am I right? Tookie opened her mouth, but no words came out. At Model Land, I guess nurses are called purses, she realized. You should have seen that coming, Tookie. Holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to say fanfic only because I hope it's not uh, real. Okay. Number two. The scout lifted both hands to her face and peeled her veil slowly from the bottom up. The girls oohed and awed. For she had shimmering caramel-colored skin, the very skin that had made trillionaires of quite a few CEOs of skincare companies. Full, soft-looking lips with the deep Cupid's bow that had inspired so many girls to wear glow-glow lip gloss. Large emerald eyes with mile-long lashes that seemed to look into your soul, knowing exactly what you desired, needed at any given time. Tookie gasped. Could it be? She looked around at the others, and they were awestruck too. It was the celebrated, renowned, Mythical Intoxabella, C.L. Sorry, I was sweating buckets back there. The Intoxabella sniffed her armpits. <laughs> <laughs> well, eh, it's got the elements, but I'm still going to say fan. Okay. <laughs> Caramel-colored skin, all of that. Uh, number three. I have an idea. Chaste's hand shot up. How, be- how about we debate free swing versus firm sling? A few girls giggled. Matt Joe scratched his bald spot, confused. Flakes of dandruff fell on his shoulders. Do you wish to debate the merits of different types of hammocks? Kind of. Chaste seductively twirled a piece of hair around her finger. Hammocks for honkers. The giggles persisted. Matt Joe remained just as perplexed. Bra versus no bra, Tookie wanted to yell out to spare him the embarrassment. But Chaste just kept going. You know, bazookas, cha-chas, chesticles. Okay, then you go over there, Guru Matt Joe pointed Chase to the other side of the room with the green plus sign. You're free swing. And you, he pointed to Shiraz as as if his finger were a pistol, you're firm sling. What? (laughs) (laughs) Matt Joe is one word, Matt capitalized Joe capitalized, um, MJ capitalized, I mean. Oh, this is a clever one. Because, uh... That makes almost no sense. <laughs> and so therefore, I'm I'm slightly, I'm nibbling at the worm. Oh, what the heck? It's early on. I'll say that's real. Okay. Number four. Creamy, let's be real, Mr. De La Creme continued. As soon as you got pregnant with her, you had to go off to some special medical facility to deal with all the complications you said you were having. Scary things that could have made you lose the baby. I was on the road and I couldn't go with you, Remember? I had to keep working to make sure we could put food on the table for our growing family. Then, nine months later, you had her, thousands of miles away from here. You refused to let me be with you to let you see her to see you refused to let me be with you to see her take her first breath. My first child, Creamy. You denied me that right. How come you never let me talk to the doctors who delivered her? Was there another man in the room while you gave birth? Her real father? Is that why you coldly called me once it was over? You don't know what you're talking about, Mrs. De La Creme spat. 
Wow, deep into family drama. <laughs> oh, that's another tough one. Oh boy. I'm I don't know. It's coin toss. I'm gonna say fanfic. Okay. And then the last one, number five. CL's voice echoed off the porcelain walls as she spoke. In two days, the sun will rise and smise, darling. It's going to be a fierce, uprixing, fantasticine, ah-freaking man, she intoned. Two days to the uprixing. What discoveries are within, or will the discovery be you? Hope, sorrow, rage, enlightenment, anger, empowerment, fear, solidarity. These words resonate with you? You are beautiful. You are bold. You are whatever the hell you want to be, and no one can ever take that away from you. Now be fresh and fierce. You'll get a chance to show the board who's boss. Bitch better recognize. Welcome to the uprixing, thought Tookie. If only it weren't all an impossible dream. Uh, I should add that fresh and fierce start with PH uh, and uh, show the board who's boss. Boss is all capitalized with a B-A-W-S-E. And uh, uprixing? Uh, capital U, capital R, and then an X in the middle where the S would be in rising. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say fanfic on that. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Uh-oh. No, no, Sounds like no. A mixed I mean, bag. you know, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, but let's, uh, let's just go through it. Uh, number one. Number one was uh, Purse Dressed to Kill, uh, whose uh, outfit is made out of blades. Uh, you said fanfic that is real. Sub- oh my god submitted by scarlet so nurses are called what? purses in model land <laughs> her hat was a pair of angry scissors angry or something scissors like that? yes they're really blades sharp serrated knives um what <laughs> it's a fever How am dream. i expected to know? i don't know it really is it's just spinning a wheel of, of generated things they all make sense as much as the ones that don't Number two, this was uh, the uh, re- renowned Mythical Intoxabella CL sniffing her armpits. You said fanfic. That is real. Um, so we, oh, come on. <laughs> we do get... Well, that I couldn't possibly have done well. We I'm 0 for 2. <laughs> uh, number three, this was the uh, Bazooka's Cha-Cha Chesticles free swing versus firm sling. Uh, you said real. That is real. Absolutely no idea what's going on there. I just flipped through the book until I found the Bazooka's. And that seemed what? good. <laughs> Hammocks for honkers. Uh, and then number four, this was the uh, argument about not being able to witness his daughter's birth thousands of miles away. So that's another another sense of the scope. You said fanfic. That was real. What? Uh, <laughs> All right. So we are, You're pulling crap on me again. <laughs> and then uh, uh, number five was the African men. Two days to the uprixing. You said fanfic. That was fanfic written by Craig. Uh, he said it was inspired by uh, and peppered with content from the Model Land Twitter feed circa early 2020. So you put four out of five were real. They could all be real. They could all be fanfic or a combination of the yeah, two, as we yeah. say every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you object to the basic foundational rules. Oh, my God. It's exciting. It means there's all sorts of insane stuff to come. Let the listener decide. Let the listener decide. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks to everyone who sent in the fanfic. We will uh, do more of that next time. Please send in yours because, as we see, it could be very easy to fool Mike with these. Uh, A lot of the fanfic submissions come from our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash 372 pages where you can get every episode early 
you get to participate in contests. You get meet the authors uh, with Bob Fingerman and uh, other stuff. Uh, there's been some some. Uh, Tyra Banks did some model and talk on America's Next Top Model. Maybe we'll do a viewing of one of those episodes or something. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. I would point out as well, since I I'm not super familiar with the Tom Waits uh, universe. I don't. Okay. It's not a thing I listen to. If you submitted a Tom Waits song as a piece of fanfic, okay. I'm not saying you wouldn't fool okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to nudge anyone in that direction. Sure. But uh, yeah. you, if you could pull that off, that'd be a good one. That would be good. That's a good challenge if anyone's capable of doing that. Don't everyone do it because we're not going to no, do no, five no, no, no. Tom Waits just, songs as this. But Exactly. I'm just saying that I'm not real familiar. I know the early stuff. I know his shtick and everything but i don't listen to it as a rule so you could probably fool me i might also posit that a uh, passage from from dr sleep by uh stephen king could work out because there's a lot of carnies and women in that i i mean uh, the, the the main woman in that is a very tom waitsian character she runs a, a a traveling band of monstrous people but i i posted an excerpt from it when it came out that it was also very tom waitsian so we'll see if we can fool you nice. with that okay okay chapter five no intro from Dolling. Mm. We have Smacking into Mirrors. Um, what a chapter. <laughs> yes. My, I, I was very amused by the fact that um, the, the trope of uh, a long piece of tape bisecting a room to indicate my side from your side uh, persists in the Model Land universe. I guess I Love Lucy existed uh, for them to have watched to develop this as well. Right. What do they call? I was thinking about that. There's a, a name for, um, you know, every sitcom and show has uh, uh, when they shut people into a safe or they lock them into a house. The bottle episode. <laughs> the bottle episode. There's got to be a split the room episode in every possible you know sitcom or show. Even dramas do it, you know, ever imagined. I looked up the I, TV trope page. It's called This Is My Side. It's just, you know, okay. live action TV. <laughs> Uh, I love Lucy, WKRP, Brady Bunch, Married with Children, Happy Days, House, Mighty Boosh, you know, X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. The Monkeys, MASH. Wow. Yeah. So, well-trod ground. Uh, but more of the delightful world of model land. There was a sweat-stained leotard on Tookie's pillow. <laughs> Ample cupped bras that certainly didn't belong to Tookie were draped across Tookie's carefully made bed. And torn out pages from Model Land magazines were scattered across the floor like leaves that had fallen from a fashion tree. Question for, for you and the listening audience. How sweaty do leotards have to be to be sweat-stained? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I mean, and it's... I mean, you they're meant not to see it, right? You're talking about, like... The salt crust that appears on like a, uh, a you know a major league pitcher's hat in the ninth <laughs> inning or something. Yeah, right. I mean, and you'd expect that maybe from uh, from from Mister De La Creme in his in his saggy unitard, but like this is a thirteen year old right. you know beautiful girl we're talking about. So I don't know. It's that civilian heat that's baking down every day. But it's sub zero in their house. So where is she doing her? True. Yeah, you'd think you might, you might change, uh, not not be walking around. And you'd, you'd, you'd want to wear your most breathable clothes while you're out walking the streets of, of Pepperton. Um, and the, the leotard might not uh, may not be the best choice. Sweat-stained leotard, everyone. Keep it in your mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's, she's like you know, looking into the mirror. She pretends she's kissing Theophilus. Um, and Miracle teases her that like, you know, don't feel bad that you about not doing kissing yet. It feels like a little wormy man is crawling in your mouth anyways. 
So even there, just she finds ways to interject grossness into every, even the most like common experiences people have. The thirteen-year-old girl who's doing her little, um, you know, uh, youth dance routine and pointing at, you know, probably twerking in front of uh, groups of adults, <laughs> is also kissing boys and saying it's no big deal. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> it's revolting. Um, also, also revolting. I, I we haven't mentioned it yet, but I, I counted at this point in time they've used the term "hand me up" six times to describe clothes that Tookie inherited from Miracle. Because uh, mm-hmm. Tyra really thought they had something going with inverting the concept of hand-me-down. Like, did I blow your mind here? It's being handed me up. Mm. It's it's just terrific. <laughs> it might, maybe, maybe it was part of her uh, her show. I suppose. Is that a yeah. thing that she Im- yeah. imported from the show? Upcycling type of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we also get a flashback to uh, her father's injury, um, which uh, yes. uh, I, I, I noted she's she attended the circus with her mom where she's eating, among other insane things, Gouda habanero popcorn. That's the first one that I, I saw, and I was like, I would like to try that. That seems like a if you went to some fair and they were offering artisanal popcorn-dusted flavors, that would be one I'd, I'd definitely want to have a handful of. I would not turn that down. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they'd say it's quite a scene there. I like this. The uh, They're described the opening acts of three tumblers juggling fire with their tongues while jumping on humongous translucent trampolines suspended over the audience. Next was a group of 10-year-old girls, contortionists, who had backflipped into deep, hot, pink-dyed swimming pools full of crocodiles. So it sounded like uh, like Schnappy's Vegas act, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Schnappy's Vegas act combined with uh, hot property. Hot property. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the watching, watching 10-year-old girls dance appears to be a, a, just a major form of entertainment in this world. I'm glad we're not subjected to that as as Americans in the year 2021. Well, what was he attempting to do? Because it does seem like a kind of a letdown after, you know, 10 year old girls contortionist back flipping into deep, hot pink dyed <laughs> swimming pools full of crocodiles. True, You have sort of set yourself up for a, uh, a modest feat of acrobatics that he's about to present. Yeah. You don't want to follow, you know, Sinbad after he's just like rocked the house, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. You do not want to follow and, that act. <laughs> and, and all he's doing is what? He's going to like walk the tightrope or something, right? Uh, I, I don't remember. It was yeah, either that or the trapeze because he's up on the you know seventh story of the of the big top to do some some high wire act. Chris Kremkrobat. Yes. I, is that how we're pronouncing that? Yes. yes. Uh, but, uh, but it's interrupted. First by- time he'd ever... Okay, seventh floor, seventh story landing of the stage. Uh-huh. But it doesn't say what he was going to do. It says it's the first time any human had ever attempted such a feat. I don't think it says what it's going to do. Oh, yeah. So he could just be up on the seventh story to do the, uh, to do the you know, act where he pretends like he's pulling off his thumb type of thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gaze upon it. Or maybe he was going to say uh, Six Semper Fidelis or Six Semper Tyrannis and jump off the stage sure, and that, shoot the president. That, and, and yeah, and then we learned that, uh, yeah, John Wilkes Booth existed in this world, too. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, but then as he's about to do whatever stunt he's about to do, uh, Mrs. De La Creme pulls out her mirror to add a bit of wrinkle redux to her tanned and hideously lined face. <laughs> so we get that bit of color uh, it wasn't described as hideous before it was just like okay she's a bit wrinkled but now it's just like yeah she's just uh, um, beyond a, a realm of, of human being able to look at her mm-hmm. 
And so she, you know, she blinds him with the mirror. It catches his eye. He falls seven stories. And we get this one of these things where he he manages to stick the landing like he sort of like goes into a somersault and um, the crowd goes nuts. Um, But ever the devoted showman, he thrust himself forward into a deep bow, impaling his eye on one of the five foot swords at the perimeter of the stage. And that's how he lost his eye. All right. So (laughs) it's never been a thing on Earth. I I can see this is a different planet, a different world, as we've learned. Mm -hmm. Um, Children diving into pools of crocodiles, five foot swords lining the perimeter of the stage. Is that a thing you've ever seen or heard of? Like what? What is this trying to suggest? I'm thinking of like maybe in you know uh, the Aladdin Sega Genesis game, you could like jump, you could land on a sword that was just on the street for some reason, you know. But uh, in in real life, I don't know what they're trying to get across. Uh, I would just say, you know, that that uh, safety short about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How could we make our workplace safer? Yeah. Put, put, Shake hands with danger. Yeah, put uh, put rubber stoppers on the end of your display swords. That could prevent a serious injury. Uh, but then what follows, here we go again, this young adult novel of, you know, finding golden tickets. Tuki had wrestled past the security barricade and run to the stage. Pools <laughs> of her father's blood splattered the stage floor. Wow. Along with pieces of flesh. And there, staring it up at her, was her father's eye, disembodied, lifeless on the stage floor, gazing at Tookie accusingly, as if asking why. <laughs> wow. Well, that's enough to, uh, you know, cause a lifetime of night terrors. I, I'm going to it again. And there, staring up at her, was her father's eye, disembodied, lifeless on the stage floor, gazing up at Tookie, accusingly, as if asking why. It's the origin of the eyeball kid. <laughs> man that is uh that is grim and dark pools splattered you know i, I mean in all these things like uh, you know james the giant peach you know the peach rolls over his two evil ants you know charlie and chocolate factory the kids get sucked into the machinery and they get you know thrown into a furnace by by squirrels but you know it doesn't describe it in any gory detail it's all very cartoony and you're just left to uh you're left to you know fill in the blanks yourself (laughs) you know there's never any blood or anything yeah well i mean from the youngest age right we uh you find a child so cute you're like oh i'm gonna eat your little arm you know that's hideous if you thought about it yeah but you don't actually do it and you don't describe like oh now the blood is spurting out in pools all over your stupid little face yeah hansel and gretel do not smell the uh boiling flesh or hear the blisters popping of the witch they pushed into the oven (laughs) right (laughs) yes very weird um but yeah that's how that's how he lost his eye and so i think you you, we get back to the uh present day when when tookie has sort of wandered downstairs in the middle of the night to find her dad drinking some specific brand of potato vodka and sort of (laughs) flipping through his old circus programs i think yes um, so that's that standard, like, uh, you know, I could have been a contender type of thing. And she, you know, she has a tender moment with him where uh, she's going to, like, help him do a handstand and he's going to, like, you know, get back in shape. But then she spaces out and he crashes back to the floor and um, blames her um, for for everything that's happened to the whole family. Well, that uh, leads me to a sonic challenge. Oh, boy. For you. You ready? Yeah. Suddenly her father let out a groan and tipped over. 
So you've got a lot going on here, okay? Okay. Tuki jumped out of the way to avoid his heavy falling legs. So I don't know whether he has fat legs Mm -hmm. or they're made of lead or what. Which nicked the coffee table. What the hell, girl? He roared. Okay. So her father let out a groan, tipped over. Tookie jumped out of the way to avoid his heavy falling legs. If you'd like to do the sound of the heavy falling legs, that is optional. Uh, Nicking the coffee table is also optional. And then what the hell, girl, he roared. Okay. Sonic challenge. What the hell, girl? (laughs) Ah, exactly as I'd imagine. It's like Michael Winslow here. Yeah, thank you. little golf clap for that one. Yeah, very nice. (laughs) Um, but, yeah, it's a uh, it's another scene that just really probably only only works when you see it on the big screen in all its glory. Well, whichever animator I'm going to work with, nice. we're going to take a long time on this scene. <laughs> uh, but so that ends with her father stared at her for a moment, carefully examining her. A startled, disgusted expression flashed across his face as if a light had flipped on inside his head. It was a look Tookie had seen before, but one he'd never explained. Just go for all of us. So maybe this is uh maybe this is what's clicking is his uh what was in the fanfic. Maybe he's like realizing like this is not my child, this is not my beautiful house. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's it, isn't it? I guess so. Okay. Well, that's not fair of us, but you know, when you read a little real and in, in real or fanfic, you do sometimes get these glimpses into later in the book. Hmm. Potato vodka handstands at night. Yeah, you're gonna get who, some trouble. Who couldn't have predicted that, really? <laughs> when we started this. Chapter six. Chapter six, yeah. Um, chapter six is sort of where we, we really get some advancement, I guess. This is they, they go shopping for a dress. It's, it's, it's strange that that does advance the plot, but um, then we finally get to, to get a glimpse of Model Land. Um, the title, though, let's not skip sure, it, let's not is skip an, it. An, another pappy. It was the first one I noted. Okay, read it out. Chapter six. Stunning, statuesque, strobotronic stars with stupefying stratospheric struts. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> we'll turn the Metrodome into a massive mud pit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's full. It's full. Pappy Pariah, full. Bob Honey, who just do stuff, and it. Uh, I think even without having read that book, without having slogged through that book, this this alliteration would still bother me. <laughs> it would still be irritating. I don't understand what it gains you, especially when it's done this badly, like. You know, you're not uh, you're not Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. which he, which he does actually pretty sparingly uh, in the middle of you know which the most famous one, The Raven. There are many examples of alliteration, but he doesn't. It's like three or four words. It's just to add a little spice of emphasis. Oh yeah, no, this but is this stuff like third grade poetry class. Like this is a technique you can use. Every kid uses it. Like <laughs> in their first yes. poem, it's almost like an acrostic <laughs> at this point in time. It's like you would never actually do that in a real poem but um yeah i I, it doesn't gain you much but it just certainly calls attention to the fact that you're trying yes uh yeah so they go to the mall and they're gonna buy the the mall in ladorna right yeah ladorna ladorna sorry i I, I just can't help but think of it as you know la jolla or beverly hills it's exactly i'm assuming what it's supposed to be or what's the one in uh uh right near the la brea tar pits in la that everyone goes to it's near the farmer's market uh, santa monica no, not the, the, it's the mall. It's like the giant mall. Okay. I just can't remember yeah, yeah. the name. Everybody goes the there. Grove? You see stars there. The Grove, yes. yes. <laughs> so it's the Grove, right? Yeah. 
Um, and then, uh, this is where you get them called. Uh, we get the description of the trio of them. Um, Tookie was sure everyone was staring at the unusual De La Creme trio. One of them was a stunning blonde girl who was so beautiful it was difficult to look at her for too long. That's the 13-year-old. Another was a woman with a tanned skin, nubile body, but the face of a pretty monster. And the third was a gangly girl with gargantuan hair and googly, mismatched eyes. So it really is just like they're the Cinderella and her ugly stepsisters. Yeah, and I thought of another one is the uh, the Wallace and Gromit world. Um, huh. There's suddenly a character will just show up. <laughs> Who's, you know, slightly grotesque, <laughs> uh, but funny, like makes you laugh. Is that what she's kind of going for? Where they're not, again, I can't see them as humans. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, but I also can't picture them enough. I mean, I assume we're not supposed to take snowshoe sized feet at its face value, but. I, but they haven't given any other description. Yeah, so. it's it really is just like in a in a cartoon when someone takes a takes a hallucinogenic and then it morphs into sort of you know a, a scene that's animated by Rob Zombie or something is just where things are sort of uh, pulsing and like going you know the the feet are changing size and stuff. But that's that, that's the only way it makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, so we get this uh, another annoying name quirk here, Mrs. De La Creme. Please let's remember it's creamy. <laughs> Uh, pulled Miracle and took you up six escalators past the mid-fashion floors to the top level, straight to the jerk fat flagship store, which carried couture frocks designed by Jeremy Jerk. Yeah. So again, burying the uh, the most lauded clothing name artiste in the world. And it just got me to think, like, she is sub uh, Sylvester Stallone in the way she names people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd looked up a few of his names. Remember... Um, John Cobretti. Oh, yeah, of Cobra. <laughs> Cobra. <laughs> uh, the boxers he's gone against, uh, Mason the Line Dixon. That's, that's incredible. Uh, another boxer, Tommy Gunn. <laughs> Clubber Lang. Oh, yeah. John Rambo, for crying out loud. <laughs> course, I mean, yes. <laughs> so she's below that for Jeremy Jerk, the fashion designer. Yeah, that's great. Oh, man. It is, it, they all sound like ga- names that would be uh, from a, a poorly localized like Japanese video game where you had the uh, you know, that's how you get Mason the line Dixon and stuff. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, they in in the store like I, I just was like it's it's it says it's packed to the gills. Everyone spoke at once, their high pitched voices mixing in the air and sounding like a squawking flock of wild geese. It's just everything is just revolting and noisy and gross everywhere, you know. When they're not diving in the sewer, they're honking like geese and shrieking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very, very ugly world. There has been nothing about it that has been, uh, you know, pleasant or nice or bucolic in any way. It's just a horrible, horrible land. Right. Even in the nice place, the beach town, you still have these. I guess you know that that's the that's the dirty secret even rich people are are are, are gross and, and and honking like geese but uh uh I, we do get to that though i mean when they do start introducing these 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 intoxabellas we sort of uh it's a we finally get a glimpse of some appealing people yeah oh, yeah they're the cream of the world so to speak uh so they go they're trying to find this dress here's a sentence that confuses me the rack let out an ear-splitting screech. Once again, the pleasantries just abound. <laughs> as Mrs. De La Creme threw a score of hangers to the floor. Wow. Score. Do thrown hangers screech? Uh, I mean, maybe when there's, there's, there's more than 19 of them to consist of a score, they might make some sort of clatter. <laughs> I don't know. 
Maybe she's talking. Like I guess she's talking letters about in be, Harry Potter. To be fair, I guess she's talking about like scraping the whole entire rack off of the shelf sure. and throwing metal on it on metal. The floor. I guess yeah. So that's the screech. But it, it sounds like the screech was when she threw them on the floor. But whatever. The um, but so I didn't really have too many notes about them in the shop because the good stuff is what happened once they leave. But they they do find her address right that uh, that she's happy with. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, they they see an old homeless guy named Wingtip because he ha- holds a wingtip shoe that he was always over his shoulder, and this is someone that Tookie sees a lot, uh, and, and we're obviously gonna he's going to play a role in this later. Um, she sort of he looks sad, um, and she never works up the nerve to talk to him until later. Um, but uh, can I point this out to reveal his name that she calls her? Okay, because I I feel like with all this stuff she's doing like. C-I tilde L we're supposed to pronounce, but this is not her best work. Okay. He mumbled softly to himself, just like he always did, and held onto the laces of an enormous battered wingtip shoe slung over his shoulder. That shoe was why Tookie had given him a secret nickname, wingtip. <laughs> <laughs> not your best work. Top Could secret. have used a couple of tildes. <laughs> yeah, right. Wingtip, uh, you know, put a, put a three in there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but then we get the uh, the big moment, sort of the, the the thing that everything's been building to, which is the the uh, golden clouds fill the sky, and then this enormous like light show, air show thing happens around a mountaintop to reveal the seven models of this year, um, and it's led by the Belladonna, who's the grand dam of the land on the mountain. And the final decision maker about all candidates, and that's really the all the information we get about her. I'm sure she'll she'll come into play later, but she's sort of the great and powerful Oz of this verse. Not a good description of physically of what's happening in this. It's very much like, um, you know, it gets a, a bit Kleinian. Mm-hmm. There was a Kleinian thing earlier where he talked about um, the model had had been. Um, she was on the cover of every single magazine, was hired by every single person, nice. was you know, just one of those things are listed. Okay, okay, we get it. She's very big. Uh, but the description of what's happening like in actual physicality, I, I have no picture of it. I wish she had just said, like Klein, just like, it was just like in the movie, whatever, that, where the mountain opened up. That would like, be, yeah. Okay, just tell me what you're going for. I don't know what this is. Right, because it has to be like projections of some sort to, you know, like skywriting, but, you know, holograms that are visible from, from every angle around the mountain type of thing. Because I don't think there's a jumbotron or anything. No, it's it's just the mountain like clears, the fog clears from it, mm-hmm. and then there's like golden lights, and then everyone hears the voice speaking to them or something. Right. And a guy yells out, the shadows. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of guys yelling things out in this scene, yes. which is delightful. <laughs> and there's, there's a, another thing that I like is when characters say this, uh, the, the grand, the Belladonna saying, in a moment, you will lay your eyes upon this year's graduating class of Model Land. As you all know, only seven girls graduate from Model Land each year, <laughs> and those seven join the ranks of the only famous people known throughout the world as the Intoxabellas. I, just whenever whenever a character in the book or movie has to say, as you all know, to impart some information onto a mm-hmm. reader or viewer, it's always very jarring. Uh, but then she starts- And the beauty of it is that they keep, she says that there, as you know, there's only seven famous people in the world every year. Right. And I just went like, how, how do you keep people from becoming famous? famous? Yes. <laughs> Once they, you know, like Kelly Clarkson, didn't she come in second? Uh, uh, no, she won, and then Justin was the second. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I thought it was the other way. But it's happened before where like somebody. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. You can't stop them from, okay, you won the competition. You came in third, but then they go on to be, you know, famous or whatever. Like you can't really prevent it, can you? But I guess <laughs> no, there's some. You can become famous for, you know, uh, cutting off your husband's wang or something. Like you, there's, <laughs> there's not, there's no limit on this. Like you can be, uh, you can be uh Numa Numa guy. And that's. <laughs> He's the most famous guy in the world to Towering me. But, fan. uh, yes. But only seven, so uh, yeah. So she announces them one by one. Yeah, and they all have oh powers given to them by their centura, which is a belt made of shimmering gold fabric that all Intoxabella's wore. And uh, according to Modeland lore, it allows them to achieve their inherent powers. So they're all they're superheroes essentially, and they all have these unique powers. And we get introduced to them one by one. Um, I, <laughs> I'm just gonna just gonna read a couple of them if that's okay. Yeah, please. We have Evangelinda. And her power is Chameleon. And then Evangelinda's appearance changed a dozen times over the course of a few seconds. Long hair, short hair, copper-colored, blonde brunette, almond-shaped eyes, then doe-eyed, plump lips, bow-shaped. Her physique morphed, too, from a thin frame kissed by an hourglass to one with defined musculature. Then Evangelinda shook like a dog removing water from its coat, and her copper hair and eyes returned, as did her original frame. If I had her, I'd have a different girl every night, a man next to Toki cried. I could stop <laughs> cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, please control yourself. This is one, it's just the first girl, and two, this is a, a crowd of children are around you here witnessing this. Uh, that's what I there's like kids, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Guys calling out. Um and then we get Simone, her power is multiplicity. Um and she uh raised her arms and swept them gracefully through the air. Two identical Simones slid out from either side of her body, sending a chorus of ooze through the crowd. Each Simone made a unique pose before being sucked back into the original Simone. The spectators applauded thunderously, overcome with excitement. Tears of joy rolled down some of their cheeks, which I issued a firm settle down to. Like we I, I issued a uh, gumby a question mark oh, to that yeah, one. Exactly. That's what he yeah. <laughs> just multi multiplicity and uh, Yeah. Uh, it, no no sense of like what they're gonna use this for in their in their career as famous models or anything, but um uh maybe they go out and fight crime and in, in, in this world with these with these powers. And keep in mind that it was described earlier that so there's seven of them who are famous, but the one was on every single cover and was the model for every single uh, fashion designer. Well, she's a seven-seven. Yeah, but presumably, right? These are a- aspiring to be the same thing. Yes. Uh, so, so why do we need seven famous people if there is one who is, can be the most famous? Sure. And do they bump her off the perch of you know being famous by their fame? Because you know, is everyone just going to all of a sudden forget that she exists? You know, like yeah, like. I- Exactly. They have to, I guess, by law or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Stop remembering him. It's sort of like what happened to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, the Numa Numa guy. <laughs> Once you, yeah. if, if we, it's up to us to keep his memory alive. I like to think that I would have been the guy when Sindisi, mm-hmm. I guess that's how you pronounce it, showed up. Uh, I'm ready to sin with Sindisi right here, right now, one of them yelled. <laughs> Robert Kraft, please. Right, yeah. But but, but the people in the crowd, like, was this the same guy? Or just because the other guy was horny from the beginning? Like, like, Sindisi's power of seduction is not necessarily unique in this, though, because the other guy was just like, I would stop cheating if I could have her every night. And and they're superheroes, so are they, like, is that even... 
in the realm of possibility or are you just just yelling it out because what the hell like a guy at a baseball game like you know, yelling to the uh, the greatest pitcher of all time, you know, like you suck, Nolan Ryan, yeah. or like you know, a, a guy on a guy on four chan being like, eh, Megan Fox, two out of ten would yeah. not bang." Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, I, I guess that's what it is. I don't, I don't think you're expecting to actually ever encounter these people in your in your normal life, right? Okay. Um, but so, <laughs> and, and speaking of understatement, uh, they reveal all of these people, and then Tookie says, "Wow," Tookie murmured. She wouldn't have minded having all those powers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, I, you mentioned it. I guess I'd love to be able to be a, a superhero with an, an amazing beauty and fantastic powers that would grant me riches unknown to uh, you know ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the rest of the world. Sure, I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'd do her. I don't know. <laughs> but so I mean, it, it pretty much runs this down. But I, I thought that you know, it, at least it cut to people in the crowd. It had some sort of description of you know the 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 crackle in the air the electricity uh and then i compared it to the to the klein prince battle like we said before oh because it was was, there were seven princes in ready player two and i just i just took some of the i went back to the book i revisited the text to sort of uh pull out some of the uh how he told this story because i think model land is just infinitely better in how they sort of set up this uh this world building i'm just going to share you some some of the some of the greatest hits Oh, yes, please. H referred to the next prince in the attack conga line as Get Off Prince. I'm not sure of the correct name for the next incarnation to attack, but I mentally nicknamed him Microphone Gun Prince. He wore an all-black suit, a black head wrap, and an oversized pair of black sunglasses. The next incarnation scared the living crap out of me. Third Eye Prince had a giant round afo and a pair of sunglasses with three lenses. After Third Eye Prince finished his bombing run, Purple Rain Prince swooped down to make his second attack, even though he'd only completed his first run about six seconds earlier. (laughs) The second and final incarnation, Mesh Mask Prince was the only one who didn't swoop down to attack. Apparently unarmed, he continued to hover up above us, silent and motionless, watching the battle below unfold with an impassive expression on his face, at least from what I could see of it through his mask. So this is the, uh, the major action sequence, climactic moment of the book, and it's pretty much, you know, d- delivered the same way as, as Tyra Banks introducing seven different Intoxabellas. Spielberg, did you maybe <laughs> uh, film the wrong movie? Yeah. Is it time to uh, oh, man. write that wrong, sir? Yeah, I would like to see that. Rotten Tomatoes, 91% uh, fresh for model land. Well, <laughs> the, the, the other, my main takeaway of this was that just, you know, you, you go through these 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 books this was a, had a major publishing house behind it and you you have to imagine that there was like other drafts of this because like when you're coming up with the seven intoxabellas this is sort of like your chance to shine you you just have um it's sort of like you can let your creativity run wild because it's not dependent on the plot you're mainly just coming up with interesting characters who who knows what we'll get to see of them in this book but you have fun names fun powers uh, what they look like. And so you, you sort of just can spitball and, and see where it takes you. Sure. And so I, I wondered if there was any um, record of this existing. And it turns out that uh, on the dark web, there is a sort of first draft of this book um, where some very interesting decisions uh, that didn't end up in the final one sort of persist. So Tyra was posting or someone just hacked in i think it was a hack i think it was a a a a ransomware uh you know their their ransomware is big these days but it it really got its start in in 2011 when the when the first draft of model land was posted 
Okay. Um, so it wasn't to that level where like Russian hackers were taking her book and shutting it down and then no, extorting her. I, to I imagine she wasn't happy about it, but it was it was more good natured. You know, people sort of posted these things and then sort sure. of like just discussed what would happen. A few people went out and reenacted what some of these moments would have been like if they had happened. And I mean, I'll be honest, I, I, I've heard this one. You haven't heard it yet. It, it, it was a right decision not to go this route for the book, I think. Oh, OK. All right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You want to listen? Well, it's interesting, but let's move on. Oh, no, no, no. Or, or do you? Yeah. Oh, you want to play Yeah, it? we can listen to it. Let's do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a better All right. idea. <laughs> well, well, yeah, let's do that now. Here she is, the fourth Intoxabella, with the power of Chameleone, Evangelinda. Oh, right. yeah. If I had her, I'd have a different girl every night. I could stop cheating. I want to be just like all of her. Next. Feast your smoky eyes upon number five, Bevjo. Her power, when Bevjo ages to 29, she will begin her next year looking again like she is 17. Give me that power. She doesn't need it. Looking divine, darling. Now, gentlemen, you won't want to miss Intoxabella number six. The Sinfully Sindisi with the power of seduction. I'm ready to sin with Sindisi right here, right now. And completing our presentation of this year's model and graduates, here is Intoxabella number seven, Greg. Hi there. I'm pleased, pleased as punch to be here. <coughs> yeah, believe me, I, I I was as surprised as you are. You see, I was uh, taking a bit of a coffee break, which I'll admit it for me is really a a donut break. I crunched numbers down at the Peppertown Toothpick Factory. I was trying to decide between a jelly filled and a Boston cream when I felt something drop into my. Well, since there's kids in the audience, let's just say. Um, bum crack you know you know what Cindy? not in the mood anymore now i've been known to have a bit of a a crack exposure problem ex-wife number two used to say i must have been a plumber in another life Uh, so i figure that one of those jokers in marketing dropped a, a pencil aiming for the grand canyon and got a bullseye that would not be the first time i don't want to be like any of him but when I reached back there and fished it out, would, would you believe it was one of them smize uh, thingamajigs that all the girls go gaga for? And hey, 91% later, here I am. I went with a Boston cream, by the way. He looks like if old sweatpants were a person. Yeah, X number one used to say that too. So I'm still fairly certain this was all some sort of rounding error. I, I, I don't need to take up any more of your time. Greg has the power of sexual teleportation. Now just wait one darn second. That's the first time hearing about this. Do you all want to see him sexually teleport? I don't know. I mean, we're already here, so... Hey, hold, hold, hold your horses. What does sexually teleport even mean? Does it cost anything extra? No, it's included. Uh, well... Sure, why not? Well then, three, 
to... Wait, 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 wait. I, I've got other powers. Uh, like the power of joking. I, I could tell you the one about the bratwurst salesman and the farmer's daughter. I can name the starting lineup of the 83 Cubs. Here, look, 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 look. My thumb is kind of bendy. Sexually teleport, Greg. I don't know what that is. I just want to go back to the toothpick factory. Oh! Oh, God. Words cannot possibly describe what just happened to me. But I assure you that the name is extremely accurate. Uh, I was looking at my phone. Do it again. No! No, please, no! He loves it, folks! We'll see all you darlings next day of Discovery! Well, there you go. Uh, I think, you know, entertaining, but... uh, not right for the tone overall, I would say. Yeah, and I think yeah, the, uh, you know, an editor stepped in. That's a good. Uh, that's a good point. I, I mean, I think also as you're reading this and you you know they're revealing the one. Here's one, two, three. There is a point where you just go, isn't there a, a technique that a writer does where you go, the rest, the, the other four came out one by one as well. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, yep. Yeah, I, I get it. Okay. Island style or something. Yes. Well, I hope the guy who wrote in to, to tell us that he, he he severely disapproves of all dark web bits and thinks they're beneath us appreciated that one. Shout out to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. Um, so I'm going to, uh, so here's the end, uh, the, uh, I think the Belladonna or whatever, the, the mountain beast, whatever, the god, goddess, uh, sums it all up at the end. And I'm going to read this as written, and you just stop me when it gets annoying, okay? okay? okay. Because this is, you know, like, uh, just picture it. There's a a period after every word. So I'm going to be the Belladonna from the mountain. Here we go. And you stop me. Sounds good. It's annoying. Every girl in the world has... Okay, spit it out. The... I'm I'm going... Sorry, Belladonna. I, I, I... Power... Within, notice I didn't put a period between with and in. Okay. I'm saving you time. Within with, themselves. Within her. Oh, her, okay. To. To become. Not there. Sorry, yet. I'm just getting, I just, uh, you're, to, you're sort of taking your time. I'm going to so. go back. Her. No. To. Become. Become, is what I said. I, a. Seven. Seven, seven. Seven. Seven, seven, yes. Is it you? Here we go. Big fan. Is it you? You. You. Okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it's like you're doing an auto uh, autofill on your phone keyboard. Oh, I mean, right. Hey, again, taking that at its face value. Animator. Yeah. Yep. All right. <laughs> I also wanted to point out that uh, as fireworks burst out around the Intoxabellas, the crowd cheered wildly and several people fainted. <laughs> So That's the Beatles, at the yes, show. exactly. I hope that uh, Greg might have warranted some of that same uh, <laughs> some of that same reaction. <laughs> um, but yeah, they she then sees Lizzie. Plot wise, Lizzie reveals that she's been 
captured again. She shows off her feet, which look like they've been like dipped in acid as some sort of experiment or torture or something. And Lizzie says, let's, we got to do project Exodus tomorrow. We need to leave cause I'm in danger. Um, but she doesn't know if she can do it. Um, yeah, I have next to the description of Lizzie, which I'll read. I just have the note like, I want a golden ticket. <laughs> Cause it's Lizzie then raised the cuffs of her pants, which were dragging on the ground revealing feet that looked like they had been dipped in battery acid with open sores that oozed pus. The area near her arches had a hundred little cuts ranged in straight lines as if they were soldiers ready for battle. Oh, that's bizarre. (laughs) I want a golden tick. (laughs) So I'm going to be taking my grandfather to the factory then. I guess you would have probably appreciated that invitation, but he is a bedridden yeah. octogenarian who seems seems like you got a place to stay at that uh yeah, tree, tree cottage house. of sorts I tree cottage of sorts of yours have a have a scone for me tonight wow that is weird yes <laughs> but then she so talks she sees to, lizzie and then uh yeah the shoe guy wingtip uh, shows uh, up wing, and the he, cleverly named wingtip yes he sort of gives her the uh the, I guess theme of the book is that everyone's entitled to dream, no matter how crappy your lot in life is and how much sewage and you know dumpster sea bass you've already swum through in this book. You have the ability to dream, so things might turn up for you. I don't know what the uh, what the best-case scenario for this is. She gets back out and goes back to live in her crummy home and um, where it's freezing. Maybe she gets her mom to turn it up to, like, you know, seven degrees in the house. That's the compromise she makes. That's a happy ending. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, and we should point out that the reason that she's able to like have this interlude with Lizzie is because the uh, parking lot at the Grove has opened up and like swallowed cars, and one of the superhero models has oh. sort of flown out of it or something. Yeah, and the teleportation uh, model, who was the last one I think, was able to do that. Very strange. To me. Yeah, yeah. So that's why she had time to like walk over to this park bench <laughs> and see Lizzie uh, hiding behind it while the homeless man mumbled to himself, and the mother didn't really. Yeah. Anyway, there was time to do this whole scene because uh, the entire sidewalk had opened. A sinkhole had happened. Right. It's 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 bizarre. <laughs> Did you see the uh, that show with John Turturro? It was called The Night After, where he there was a subplot. It was sort of like serial. A guy was accused of murdering his girlfriend, but then the subplot was that John Turturro's feet were really gross. I did see. That. That's sort of <laughs> what I'm thinking up. about Lizzie's feet now. <laughs> it was. Uh, I didn't mind that, but that that was a uh, a very interesting thing to try to focus on. Yeah. Is that that's what he had to actually try to solve while he was soaking them in stuff. bleach and stuff. It'll be a very very yes. interesting scene for for Wikifeed if they ever film the movie. Yes. Either the most popular or least popular in the site's history. Yeah, well, don't bet on it. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna read some more for next time. But before that, I think we should check in on some some dumb sentences. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence ends All right, with these a come period. from our listeners, many of them Patreon supporters, as mentioned earlier. Uh, first one is from Steve. This is one I picked as well, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to use it. Tookie popped another baby gherkin into her mouth, feeling as irrelevant as the bananas in the trash can. That's <laughs> <laughs> really just, that was a standout early on. I mean, every, 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 every part of it works. Jacob submitted uh, what the Belladonna just said. Every girl has a, et cetera, et cetera. He said, technically it's 15 sentences, but I think it all adds up to one really obnoxious, dumb sentence. Wholeheartedly agree. 
Aster submitted Beauty is in the Smize of the Beholder, which is actually from the book jacket, but we'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien and Janelle both submitted this. I had this flagged, and we just didn't read it because it was in the intro. Uh, you begin your morning staring at the fog, longing for the fateful evening when it will turn a golden yellow and then finally, like a push-up brassiere, lift. That was oh, that was sort of a you-know-you're-in-for-it when moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paige submitted, this is referring to the spectators at the T-Dot event, tears of joy rolled down some of their cheeks. And Paige said, that's a, just an odd passive way to put it. I'll fix it for you, Tyra. Some had tears rolling down their cheeks. it is an improvement Um, uh, Amanda submitted tell me about it Mrs. De La Creme muttered clutching the side of her precarious face and she wondered is this a case of I do not think it means what you think it means or just a really clumsy metaphor and I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Lysi submitted she'd just have to this is uh, when Tookie goes back home and the thing nearly falls on her She'd, she'd have to tell her parents about how the roof almost tried to kill her and Lysi said, no, it, it tried to kill her or it almost killed her. It, can't, it didn't almost try to kill her. <laughs> uh, Andrew submitted, the school let out belches and eruptions all day and leaked fumes from every crevice. Carson submitted, I cannot believe your flabby coach potato ass has the audacity to tell my hardworking firm one that everything will be okay. And I, did, I, I noticed that as a very dumb sentence. But Carson pointed out that it does say coach potato. Not couch potato. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I verified. So a couch potato, a completely different, uh, maybe couches don't exist in this world. Oh, there you go. Um, when when she, she put stat in the page and said, no, no. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a Davenport lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Hayden submitted, it just wasn't any regular yellow, but the color of a taxi that had been freshly painted and spit polished. And they said, so... Yellow, then. That's it's pretty, pretty, pretty regular common yellow there. That is the second taxi yellow, I will point out. Wow. She's, she's on alert. Right. More, more, more big yellow taxis than the song Big Yellow Taxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else? Do you have any more? I, they all got burnt. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a couple that didn't. Let's see. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I have one that didn't. I, I, I burnt the uh, ironic that the book's initials TMJ. But then I have one from just a few uh, pages later. Uh, this is just another one that just if you presented this to someone and said, this is the kind of book you're going to be reading, they would be like, my God. As an oblivious classmate almost whacked Tookie's head with a rusty fencing epee, Tookie licked the, licked the tip of her pen, gripped it in her right hand, and continued to write. Holy moly. Uh-huh. So... That's the sort of uh, that's the sort of universe we're inhabiting for the next uh, four hundred and fifty pages. I think. Uh, I guess this one I think was already brought up, but I'll, I'll say that this one stood out again. If you just read uh, this to someone and said, "Here you go," mm-hmm. um, a gang of hooligan females spotted the device floating in a condemned swimming pool in pitter patter today. <laughs> you would say. Go to hell. That is not a sentence in a book. There's no way. That's impossible. Right. Again, unless it's from a badly translated cutscene in a in a video game or something. That's yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe she had uh, plans for like a MMPORPG, like uh, Model Land was going to be the next like Second Life or World of Warcraft or something. There's a lot of world building. Yeah. There really and is a lot of uh, you know people not really doing a good job with their character creator. 
You, you're on pitter-patter. <laughs> what, what, what is pitter-patter? <laughs> Look, people dive into sewage to get things from uh, Okay, I'll, I'll start writing up some sketches. Right, yes, exactly. Yeah, finding a smize, you know, that just is a... Uh, they nerfed the smizes, man. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that could be fun. Um, but let's, uh, let's do some emails, like I promised. We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dinner. All right, I'm just going to get to it first. This is the email from Elizabeth. She wrote in, Several years ago, Tyra dressed up in a fat suit to test how the general populace treats large people, but she looked like a skinny person in a fat suit, in my opinion. And then she adds, Wonder if it would have been more successful if she had inflated to burst. Oh, there we go. <laughs> wow, it's all circling around everything. Yeah, so uh, that she's. this is referring, of course, to the, to the hell of a rig cow, the world of lunars. Mm-hmm. And I, I met Elizabeth at one of our live shows a couple of years ago. Very nice person, very normal person. And the, the idea that she now, now she reads things and, and thinks about blowing to pop is just, to me, it's delightful. You, you probably think you've, you've created a horrible monster here. You walk home at night, uh, hands in pockets, whistling, and you throw your hat on the hat rack and... <laughs> Yep, I did good work today. <laughs> uh, and then so I, I, I Googled Blow to Pop just to make sure that I wasn't uh, uh, misremembering the name of it, because that's how I knew it. I found a, a video um, of, I, I, I will link to it, because oh, God. I, I opened an incognito browser. It's just a normal, you know, a, a, okay. an attractive woman in a very weird looking room, uh, blowing up an enormous balloon. In eight minutes and 50 seconds, it took to blow this balloon to pop. And then the very first comment, I'm going to try to read it. It was in German. <laughs> oh, no. What? <laughs> Wunderschön, Enfach was für in Lunar Hertz. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which, uh, what have you done? To be, you know, a man in his late 50s, uh, bad, bad picture <sighs> commenting on this. So that's, uh, that, that's where we are now. Um, here's one. Uh, this is very interesting. Suzanne wrote in, she found a, as a proud owner of the first edition of Model Land, I found this indicating that there might be a ghost writer. And it turns what? to something, the Page Turner Awards, a guy named Michael Salort, um, who is a guy, he's an actor, he was a reporter in Gremlins 2, the new batch. Uh, his, and it says he was in, uh, in 2009 recruited as an interim COO to run film, television, publishing, and online media for Tyra Banks' Bankable Enterprises. And uh, he tweeted, he doesn't tweet very often, but he linked to one that says, Model Land, a book I had a little something to do with, is now close to serious bestseller territory at 1800 or so on the Amazon list. That was back in 2011, I guess. And he's a a white guy in his 40s, so I'm not sure what's going on. Wait, I thought her whole shtick was... She spent three years writing it. It's her dream come true and all of this. The, uh, the page she linked to says he worked closely with her based on the story, based on her original notes. Oh, no. We have a Shatlart situation <laughs> yeah, here. This is definitely the uh, the Lart of the Shatlart here. He has oh. so, uh, a guy to keep an eye on, I would say. Well, I, I, was, I was going into this sure that she had written it. I mean, you know, it's it makes it even stranger, and in my opinion, when he's using this weird voice, um, you know, it almost is, you know, it it, it borders on uncomfortable. I would say, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, just a little wrinkle here. Um, what what's his name again? His name is Michael. Sorry, Michael Salort. 
like Malort, that gross Chicago uh, um, beverage. Yeah. The thing that, uh, to to name drop, that uh, John Hodgman falsely claims to actually enjoy. You- Go to hell, John Hodgman. <laughs> Did he ever get you to try it? Oh, yeah. I've done Malort with John Hodgman several is it, times. Is it as bad as people say? Or is- it's, re- it's absolutely... <laughs> indigestible garbage like it's revolting it's just a dare it's the it's like eating of, a, of uh of yes alcoholic a carl Sustrummer or whatever the rotted fish it's just like taste this God, <laughs> nasty uh but yeah so he, he right now he's uh i don't know people can dig deeper in this and let us know what you find that was my cursory glance at everything um well that changes things though hmm all right <laughs> Um, this is from Zach. He says, I was listening to Titus Ono and the six Titus Uno and the 64 squares episodes again after finishing the Quilter Strike Back series. Um, it, just an interesting thing to do in general. I mean, yes. <laughs> we're talking about doing good work today. We've gotten people revisiting Titus Uno. Uh, I noticed something in the first episode around the 3050 mark as Titus Uno, CPA, FCPA, GCMA is listing off the team he has formed. He mentions his secretary, Veronica Jackson. Aside from her, her previous employee as a presidential aide, she sets up appointment with quilt criminals. And he says, oh, no. given that Dwight David Thrush's propensity to write about insignificant characters' families, their relationships, and how it's nice to help people and be nice to everyone all the time, the violence of the story takes place off screen, and there are dastardly deeds being done to quilts with enough frequency to require repeat appointments to deal with them. Does the tale of 64 Squares bombing count as a cozy mystery? Just a thought. Holy bombshell. <laughs> yeah. He says, I love 372 wow. dearly and listen to it all the time, as this corkboard with yarn email might indicate. Wow. Yeah. That's Game stunning. done changed. It does. It has the <laughs> now Spielberg rack focus onto both of our faces as we realize that we had already read a cozy mystery. Wow. And it all has to hook up with moon people too. Oh, that I mean, feels like that's part yes, of it. Yes, exactly. There's got to be a a crossover there if they if they wind up in you know New Smyrna Beach is probably a very reasonable uh, comparison to uh, Ladorna. Yes. Uh, if anything happens on Halloween, though, we'll keep an eye out for that. If there's a big yes. Halloween party making everyone nervous, uh, one more email. This is from Sarah. Just more information about Tyra. Thank you so much for choosing Model Land. I'm absolutely fascinated with its insanity. I had to make sure you both know that Tyra Banks now has an ice cream brand called Smize Cream. And uh, it's at smizecream.com. Um, she also made a YouTube playlist of Model Land slash Tyra related content. Among other things, the trailer for Model Land and Tyra's Model Land song, uh, as well as Tyra's bonkers music video for her song, Shake Ya Body. Um and she says, I really have to admire Ms. Banks' ability to tackle boldly tackle any field with confidence, modeling, reality TV, music, theme parks, producer, actress, talk show host, ice cream mogul, professor at Stanford University. Um, and if you notice on the copyright page, the jacket and end paper art are copyright the Tyra Banks Company Books LLC. So it seems the only thing she hasn't done is a sequel. So that's uh, wow. maybe we'll get some more attention on the book and it will be something she can't ignore any longer. Wow. Well, the uh, the book, how can the book be out of print? Then? Yeah, that's a good question. Just ice cream named after <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so maybe we'll do a uh, Smize Cream taste test if I can track some down. That would be uh, to follow up our, our great Banoffee pie experiment. 
Yes. Well, it seems like there's a lot of material to do extras with for our Patreon people Absolutely. here. If there's videos and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So she's, she's one of those people that just existed in a whole different world from what I knew because people were writing in being like, I didn't even know she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I'm like, oh, great. Like the only thing that I knew about her is like clearly from 25 years ago. Well, she, you know, there are, I don't think we've ever done a book by someone who could buy and sell our ass 800,000 times over. You well, know, Dan like, Brown, just probably. To, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But yeah. T- and Jim, and Jim Tyra Banks. <laughs> Tyra Banks is the uh, the one who signs the checks, man. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's wow. mogul money. We're just barely dipping a toe into the uh, banks of Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, wow. that'll be. Uh, right. we'll have to track down some uh, next Top Model episodes, find out what the, the highlight is. My, my sister said she watched it for a while and says she's in her own universe. So that more explains about how, how books like this are, are willed into existence. I asked a friend who was passingly familiar. I said, I made a claim that she's kind of known for being a little bit like wacky weird not i'm not in a bad way just kind of like isn't that the thing and she's like oh yeah 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 that's a thing so right, okay. so she cultivates it so yeah all right cool well i think for next time we're going to read through if you're still with us here read through chapter 14 and that will hopefully take us to some weird new uncharted territory oh boy all right <laughs> no I, I enjoyed it it's a little uh once I got the plot, once I figured out what the thing was, when, when I was first diving into it, I was like, this is so strange. I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at. Now I now I kind of get it, and I'm I'm hovering out a little farther going like, okay, now I can read it without, you know, feeling nervous about not understanding what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's its own thing, but it's also an easy read, so that makes it easier, too. Yep. Well, thanks, everyone. This has been enjoyable. <laughs> See you next time. So long. Bye. Uh-huh.